What in the hell have we just witnessed? The fortress has been breached. India kicked the door down a few summers ago and now the Windies have waltzed on through. That's right. The Gabba has been breached. You are hearing it correctly. The West Indies have beaten Australia for the first time in 27 years in Test Cricket Down Under. It's happened hot off the press or about hour and a half ago. We're coming to terms with it, but uh, it's maybe good for cricket. It's definitely good for the West Indies. So we'll be doing the post-mortem of the Gabba test. The West Indies draw the series one all against Australia. Plus, India and England live from Hyderabad and the Big Bash League has come to an end for the summer. The Brisbane grand final curse is over. So the Lions, Broncos and the like can thank the Brisbane Heat for breaking the curse for the Queenslanders with the win over the Sixers midweek. NFL playoff football, we'll have a look back at the divisional games plus preview the massive AFC and NFC championship games tomorrow. NBA, the Bucks bring in uh, Doc Rivers at the expense of poor Adrian Griffin and not one but two 70-point games this week with Joel Embiid's 30-point streak continuing uh, and a 70-point game for him plus Luca going out and putting up 73 just a few days later. Mal Matilda's kicking off in a couple of hours from the Asian Cup. They face Indonesia, plus Jurgen Klopp to set down as Liverpool's manager at season's end. And new final round to feature Drikas Duplessis. Uh, middleweight championship win at UFC 297. A lot of people didn't agree with the decision. How did you score the fight? We'll break that down in the final round. Plus, Oz Open, Sabalinka wins her second straight uh, in the ladies. And for the first time since 2005, the Oz Open final in the men's will not feature guys called Novak, Roger or Rafa. A little bit of footy off season, historic week in the golf and news in the F1. <laughs> That's me taking a breath. It's it a, was a big it's week. It's a big week in sport. Welcome to On The Esky, Aussie Sports Podcast. We like our Aussie sports. We like our US and international sports. We like to have a laugh and a dribble. Uh, just the two of us, just the two of us here tonight. Uh, the man on my left is Shauno. We'd like to shout a beer to start this show to commend Excellent work in the sporting arena. Sean, how are you? And who is your shout of beer for the week? Oh, I'm very, very good. Uh, Medvedev is up 3-1 at the moment. Ooh. As they've just Yeah, tennis, tennis, tennis live, well. India and England live. Yes, so yeah, a lot of sport going on. My shout of the beer this week, though, has to go to Carlos Sainz Sr. Not junior, not the F1 driver, but senior, his dad. He's still doing... Uh, the off-road and doing the rally cars. Mm. Uh, and he's just won the Dakar rally for the fifth time, which, of course, is a, the, the gruelling rally where they go all across the desert and spend uh, many, many weeks uh, covering it. And it's uh, one of the more dangerous motor races, as you will, with uh, a lot of – especially for the, the motorcyclists as they go across it, they a lot of potential injuries and mm. uh, recent deaths actually in that race as well because it is very dangerous going very, very quick over sand dunes. Mm. Uh, but congratulations on him for winning his fifth time and his son uh, flew down to surprise him after he won it. Um, so congratulations to Carlos Sainz um, Senior for his fifth win of the Dakar Rally. 61 years of age. Uh, mm. I'm no mm. motorsports uh, aficionado, that's for sure. But does that seem a little bit long in the tooth to you to be winning such a gruelling event? It could, it could be, but it, I guess it just shows the, the quality of the, the driver and the man as mm. well. Because um, it is a very gruelling event and a, especially with the, the – it's not like no flat road course. Uh, there's a lot of ups and downs and a lot of hard work on, on the systems. So, um, yeah, it is a, it's definitely a pretty impressive result for him. 
or from one end of the spectrum to the other in terms of age, I'll be shouting, and she can have a beer, 19-year-old mm-hmm. Tori Lewis. She's just broken the 100-metre Australian sprint record. Did it down here in the nation's capital yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, beat it by a massive one one-hundredth of a second. second. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, she is the Australian uh, record holder for 100 metres in the girls, running 11.1 seconds. Was a slight... Um, uh, legal tailwind of 1.6 metres per second. Mm-hmm. I think anything under two is mm-hmm. play on, so the record will stand. Beautiful. And uh, she's certainly running her, her best uh, races in the lead up to Paris, which is only mm-hmm. six months away. So congratulations uh, to Tori Lewis, uh, new uh, Australian 100 metre record holder in uh, in the women's sprinting and all the best for, for your Olympic preparations. Yeah, definitely. Mop of the week. Uh, we're going. It is sporting. Going west. We're going west. It is sporting. Uh, you know, former. Most people, I think, would have missed this one. It's yeah, kind of there was a lot going on yesterday. Well, mm-hmm. Basil Zemplis, former AFL uh, commentator and current Lord Mayor of, of Perth, uh, he's either said something really sexist or has been com- mis- yeah, completely mis- been misconstrued uh, in what he said. Uh, he was doing a presser yesterday morning. The words came out, uh, something along the lines of uh, the way that it was interpreted at least was mm-hmm. women's sport being the resis uh, yep. to possibly the men's final. He's come out and said, no, 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 I was saying to the news reader yep. that he would be the resis. Because no one would be watching the news because no they'd be watching the final. Yes. So. It came out awfully and there was a weird yeah, moment. video wasn't great. <laughs> weird moment where you can see his head mulling over. Did that sound like I thought it sound, uh, yeah. sounded? Uh, whether or not he's, he's said something real dumb onto a hot mic or mm. has been completely misunderstood uh, in what he meant, uh, that's probably up for the listener to decide. And uh, go check out Basil Zemplis uh, and, and the women's tennis being the resis. Yep. Certainly didn't sound good. No, not at all. Not a great look. But uh, go check it out. Make up your own mind. Uh, Fair mop this week? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because he he, he needs to do a bit of clean up, so (laughs) you can take that one. He's been doing doing lots of cleaning up this week, that's for sure. (laughs) All right. Uh, So just that update, Akshay Patel has gotten out there in that India versus England game. So it's also getting very, very tasty. Crazy because England were in all sorts of trouble until Ollie Pope Mm -hmm. went nuts. Uh, We Mm -hmm. we will talk about that after we talk about Australia and the West Indies. So let's get stuck in. Press Press that button. Let's get into it. Fortress no longer. The Gabba has been... Uh, it's been broken. It's it's been mm. besieged, and uh, it is it is now uh, not the fortress anymore. It's just another cricket ground where where foreign teams can win mm-hmm. uh, down under. Um, we're going to talk about the whole game, uh, but in breaking news, yeah, the West Indies have beaten Australia in Test cricket. You are hearing that correctly. Nine runs in the end. Nine runs. Uh, one of the better Test matches in recent memory. Let's break mm-hmm. it all down. Mm-hmm. The the news leading into the match was uh, a few. Um, COVID cases, mm-hmm. Travis Head, Cam Green and coach Andrew McDonald didn't seem to affect any of them really. Uh, maybe Travi Head can, can blame his performance on a, on a little bit of COVID, yeah. maybe a bit of con- he, concentration. He do, he, yeah, who do we there at that, the, the gap for him at the moment? Uh, but certainly didn't seem to affect them too much, uh, mm. the boys played. The only thing uh, that, that really played into uh, into it all was uh, the social distancing in, yeah. the, in the national anthem. Yeah, Cam Green playing gully there for the national anthem and then also having to social distance 
celebrations, getting shooed away from Josh Hazelwood. Uh, it was funny visuals, um, but yeah, you know, I guess it's what they had to do to stay within lines of um, the procedures that they put in place. Funny, isn't it? Uh, 1.5 metres uh, social distancing until... That's until his wingspan, bro. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. That, that's, that's only half of his wingspan, just about the, the big greenie. Yeah. Um, Windies go out. They did win the toss and mm-hmm. elected to bat. Mm-hmm. Made 311. They were it's lucky. pretty green. Lucky to, yeah, lucky to get to 311. They looked like they were in all sorts at five for 64. Stark tearing through the top order. And then we saw the uh, the biggest partnership of the summer from uh, from a foreign team with a nearly 150-run partnership between the keeper Josh De Silva and Cavum Hodge. Uh, it's nice to see, you know, the, this middle order uh, score some runs for the mm-hmm, West Indies. Mm-hmm. They didn't have anyone make a century in either of these two games, but certainly got lots of uh, lots of good starts. starts. Definitely. Speaking of Starkey, four for eighty-two in the first innings, wicket three hundred and fifty. Uh, so just behind the the great Dennis Lilly, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I think we we alluded to it last pod. A really good chance to take four hundred plus Test wickets. Yep. So three eleven thoughts on that? It seemed maybe par for for the after what deck? the Australians then followed up and did. Uh, I think it did because um, the, the Australians also had their own horrendous start. You know, the four for twenty four and then out to five for fifty four. It kind of came out, I guess, the first say twelve overs. Um, I think they were saying ten to twelve overs with the mm. pink ball. That's when it was hard. That's when they were getting uh, their wickets, and then it kind of when it got soft. Uh, was when you could play into it and bat. So you kind of had to see out those overs to be able to um, get your runs. But both teams kind of couldn't in the first innings. And, mm. yeah, that's where we saw the collapses. And then the guys through the back end in the middle had to bat and had to play uh, play well to I guess, get a decent score. That 4 for 24 you, you just mentioned, uh, our top order really struggled. Smudge, uh, 6, Lubbock, Shane, 3, mm-hmm. Green, 8, and, and Head getting the first of his of his two golden ducks. Yeah. Uh, really shitty way to get out, isn't it? Yes. Just playing down leg and getting a little feather on it straight through to the keeper. Yeah. Hats off to Alex Carey, uh, steady the ship uh, with his uh, runner ball 65 or faster than runner, runner ball 65. Mm-hmm. Crazy scenes. Very, with, very lucky. With the ball hitting the bail and making a good sound they all went up for caught yeah. behind and then uh i think the bowler was saying no i think i hit the bail and then they slowed it down you could see it spinning Spin, spinning yeah. on top there and it didn't come off just a little graze on the top and enough but uh just span around it that, that almost changed the game like that Alex yeah. Kerry gets out there earlier he was on six i think so that's yeah. 60 run difference mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it the West Indies would have big, won big, one by even more had yeah, that exactly. bail dislodged big time collapse there in the middle um well, f- collapse continuing essentially for the Australians, but they steady it there with um, Kerry and Usman. Just back to the, uh, the Kerry near dismissal as well. Mm. Do you think? And I think the commentators are saying mm. that now that they, there's lights in uh, so, yep. in the in the bales and Not the stumps. Heavy. Yeah, I think it actually does change the. the they, they also do the look a lot physics of it all thicker as well mm. than you, you, what you can. I guess your standard uh, wooden um, bale wood, but yeah, I would I would think. Oh, they've probably weighed them all and they should be all the same, but I don't know whether it's, you know, a solid piece of timber and then something would have multiple components in it, whether they they can absorb the inertia slightly different maybe. You, bit you, of inertia chat here. Yeah. On this. You know, a bit of physics. You think of a car, it has crushed zones and it's designed in a way that, you know, those components would collapse on each other mm. instead of being a solid piece of steel. Um it's kind of um, what I'm getting at is the same sort of thing. Instead of being a solid one single object, mm, it's got multiple the, things in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Does that does that um, you know, share the, that that extra um, force coming through it or not? 
It's a big moment in the game nonetheless, uh, that's for sure. Uh, Very rare. I don't think we'll probably see that again in the next 50 years of cricket. <laughs> I don't know. Well, we've se- I, I feel like I've seen it a few times now. Since I've seen a few like hit the hit the stump. Mm, and, and the, the bale, bale doesn't bale get dislodged. Like, like, you know, like a little tickle. And it, yeah, it doesn't goes come like, I've seen one where it pops up and it sits back down yep, in it. Yep. But yeah, nothing. Uh, no, I haven't seen one roll over. That was a, that was yeah. the first. Man. I feel like it's been a little bit more regular than what we're used to. Mm. Maybe that's a bit of recency bias. I'm not, not sure, True. but uh, I feel like it never used to happen. And now mm. there's a couple in recent memory, like you say, where it's just nicked the outside mm. and the bail hasn't come up, or yeah, it's popped up and come back in. Maybe there is a bit of physics to it all. Need yeah. to get a. I think I heard someone saying as well that that stump that hit it down too far as well. So yeah, it, wasn't, it didn't look even. Yeah, it wasn't so. I, you know, I think there's whole, probably a whole setup and a way to do it, but uh, uh, yeah, they got it um, just slightly wrong for that one, unfortunately. Made for a more interesting test match because, yeah, like we said, it would have been mm-hmm. very different mm-hmm. if, if mm-hmm. Kerry goes for six. Really good knock there, and uh, Usman, uh, the the test cricketer of of the year, uh, seventy five of one hundred and thirty one. Uh, interesting in both innings where where we had one opener, uh, you know, looking okay and running out of partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pat Cummins, also really good, 64, not his highest test score ever and he uh, was announced as the ICC Cricketer of the Year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Probably the big talking point from the innings was the declaration. Okay, yep. so we declared nine for 289. With Cummins, a wicket in hand. So with a wicket in hand. Hazelwood still to come out. Hazelwood still to come out. Cummins out there looking pretty good. There was about half an hour left. Mm-hmm. Uh, we obviously wanted to have a bowl at them. Yeah. How, un- how many overs lost. did we get at them? In that? I think we got five. Five. After the change of it, maybe it was six. Mm. We got a wicket, mm. so I feel like look. You can Monday morning quarterback it. You can look at it in hindsight and say, oh well, we could have used those extra 10, 20 runs that they may have been able to scrounge together. Yeah, but they did get the wicket, yeah. so I think that's at least a push in in the way that I'd interpret it. Yeah. If we get two, then it, I it's, think it's certainly the right call. I, if you get agree. zero, if you have a bowl at them and you don't get any. Yeah, and then they get to go out there, and the sun's up, and the ball's not hooping under lights. Then yeah. I think it's the wrong decision. Uh, we saw Josh Hazelwood. You know, he's an excellent bowler, but mm-hmm. it's hard for him to stick around. You know, we saw we Cummins saw, though was batting quite well. That's so right. So he could have manipulated the strike and, and just thrown the bat at it, and, and maybe ma- gets ten off twenty. Twenty. You know, yeah. it, it, he could face another over and get ten runs. Like if yep. he's throwing the bat at it. So and. Hindsight again. Ten, ten would have been nice. The difference. That's ten, the difference. Ten would have been nice. Yeah. Um, I was. I thought they got a little bit more than five because that's because I was the same thing as you because I thought one for it was about half an hour. Yeah. Who took the? Who took that wicket? Was it? I'm trying to figure. Was it, it Hazelwood or Stark? Uh, the first wicket or yeah, first wicket. Uh, second Chandler Paul. So that would have been Hazelwood. Hazelwood. So I think he bowled. So maybe it was the sixth over. Six over. Oh, and that was – yeah, the six six overs, yeah. I, I thought they got made closer to ten, but I, I could be wrong. And I, I was I was thinking the same as you, that the return on investment, as you will, for, you know, one wicket maybe wasn't quite there. If they're two, definitely I think the, you know, they made the right call. One wicket, I, I know, again, because they're trying to get the hard ball in the, the evening slot, trying to get as many um, out as possible. I just feel like two would have made would have made it feel right. Yeah, two's the right decision, hundred percent. Yeah, one and, and one's it's, push. It's, yeah, I think it's pretty close. Maybe you could have done with the runs. In hindsight, they needed the runs, um, and with the way Cummins was batting, maybe you know, face one more over, throw the bat at it, try to get ten, and then get out, and then get do a switch over, and you still end up with your close to five or six. But yeah. it was the eighth. It was the eighth over when Chandler Paul went seven point three overs. 
So, we, yeah. and, that, and that was the last over. Of, that of was the, the last over. So, had he survived three more balls, it's I think it's definitely the wrong decision. Yeah. The fact that they got that wicket, I think you can justify it. Yeah. It goes. It's very very close. Anyways, uh, hindsight's 2020, it's isn't it? Big time 2020. Another, yeah, like you say, 10, 10 to 20 runs there would have would have been nice. But then I suppose you can also argue butterfly effect. Then, you know, they've got to go out. And yeah, they, we bowl six overs and they don't get a wicket. So. Or, the, or the other way, yeah, we, you know, we we get the runs. We, we get what we're after, 10 and 20. But then Chanderpool and Braithwaite go out and the sun's completely up and the ball's not hooping yeah, around yeah. and it, it just changes the, the whole the whole outcome of the game, I suppose. But certainly highly, highly talked about um, uh, the declaration there with, with one left in the uh, in the sheds. West Indies go out, they make 193, lots of starts. So mm-hmm. Mackenzie, Athanase, Hodge, Greaves uh, all making a few runs but no one uh, going past 50. Josh Hazelwood, very good. Nathan Lyon, very good. Three for 23 for Josh and three for 42 for the GOAT. Uh, we needed, what was it, 212 to win? 216 Two, to win. 216 to win mm-hmm. uh, today. Um, and things were, were looking fine until yeah, – A bit of – felt like cruising. Like uh, once um, Cam – I guess let's say Cam Green came in and mm. he, he was cruising along he was getting up into the 40s and then – um, you know, Steve Smith was still around. Like he felt good. You know, there's another hundred runs to get. When we were two for 112, I had no uh, worries whatsoever about losing the yep. test. Yep. Enter Cam- one man. Cam Green gets <laughs> out, and we have to talk about it. So Shamar Joseph didn't play in the in the first 15, 20 overs yep. of the innings. A lot of people he bowled thought- one spell, eleven point five over. I think it would have been. I think, uh, yeah, that's right. He he just he bowled continuously, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 11.5. 7 for 68 is what his figures finish with. Copped an absolute toe crusher the day before. Lots mm-hmm. of people thought he had a broken, broken toe. toe. Yeah. Comes out, didn't seem to be affecting him at, at, at all. Yeah, he was hobbling back and forth to, to his boundary spot. but uh, Wasn't hobbling when he was running in. in no, sure. Not at all. The bloke was regularly pushing 145. Yeah. Genuine genuine pace. Yeah, uh, saw a couple of 149s mm. and you know, 149.2, 0.3, 0.4, like – I'm almost digging at that 150, like real pace, real pace. And uh, the I think maybe the defining moment of the test match was the in-swinging Yorker that Travis Head cops first up. Uh, we spoke about his first innings where, mm. you know, he, he – Tickled sh- one. Tickled one down the leg side. Uh, he got another golden quacker, so the poor bloke uh, who we've spe- spoken very highly about on the podcast mm-hmm. uh, over the past 12 months uh, gets a king pair. Uh, then not a great record at the Gabba either. No, well, his last four balls that he's faced at the Gabba, he's gotten out four, <laughs> four, four balls because he had a golden quacker last yeah. year in the second innings against South Africa. He did have ninety something in the in the first, first yeah. uh, but that does mean the last four balls that he's faced at the Gabba, he's gotten out. So that sort of plays into your head shortly. Mm-hmm. At this stage, still, you know, no dramas. We've got a reasonable middle order yeah. to come in. Smudge, I w- I smudge say, is looking good. Yeah, I will say head. He shot to play to Joseph. Um, I don't, it kind of it felt lazy to me the way it's just like, oh, this one looks worth hitting and I'll, I'll throw it. it like it, it wasn't assertive, I think, in the shot he was playing. In, the, in the second inning. In the second innings. But I, I, I think Joseph's ball was also – I think his ball was too, too, good. was too good as well. I think so. he, just, he just caught one swinging in at his toes and he yeah. couldn't get his bat down quick enough. Yeah. And it's a, well, that's what I mean. Like, it looks lazy. Maybe he was just a step too slow because of his first yeah, ball. Yeah, I, I wouldn't call it lazy. I, yeah. I think he just caught one that was, that was way too, too good. good. Yeah. 
wasn't expecting the the upper pace, and uh, I don't think any of the boys were expecting. No. And there was a bit of extra bouncing some of them as well. And but the, getting that first rock as well, when it's just seeming in hunt, yeah. hunting, you know, bottom of off and middle. Yeah, uh, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think anything came down to shot selection. I just don't think he he was up to keeping that ball out. And mm-hmm. I don't think 90-odd percent of, of international cricketers would be up to keeping that ball out when the, that's the seed that you get first up. Oh, yeah. Still wasn't panic stations. Marsh gets out uh, for 10. Carey mm-hmm. gets out for two. I think this is maybe when you started putting He's in the – not worried yet. <laughs> are you worried? I said, nah, I, was, I wasn't worried. So, Smudge is still there, four to go. I said, when Smudge was out there, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't worried whatsoever. Famous last words, I suppose. Mitch Stark was throwing the blade around. Uh, made 21, mm-hmm. so, you know, third highest score in, in the knock. You, you can't um, – Criticise, I suppose. It mm. did seem a little reckless to me I, at times. I think he got more and more wayward as he got into his innings as well. Yeah. And anything that was short, he was just trying to smack. Yep. Because um, he hit, we skied one over the keeper and was safe. Like, and then the next a few ball times, was the yeah. same. He skied straight up. And he's trying, and to, he trying to play um, pull shots and the ball was just getting on him quicker uh, yeah. than, than what he expected and they, they were popping up. Uh, Cummins goes for two. I think this is when I was worried. Yeah. This is when I was worried. Nathan Lyon goes out there after after the tea break. We still only needed 26 or something mm-hmm. with two wickets in hand. Yeah, 25. And then, uh, and then Gaz goes and then it's like, oh, shit. shit. <laughs> yeah. like, Joseph, we've got to protect Hazelwood. Hazelwood's got to try. Smudge has got to do his best and Smudge did as best he could. Well, what is he good. meant to do? He, he looked yeah. really good. He looked like the Smudge of old. Yeah. But just ran out of partners and uh, and mm-hmm. Hayeswood kept out a few early on. They had the field back for Steve Smith and, you know, they weren't taking yeah, the singles as, as, as you know, uh, as per the textbook, I suppose, when it's mm-hmm. a, an mm-hmm. opening batsman batting with your number 11, trying to manipulate the strike as mm-hmm. much as possible. But at the end of the day, they're, they're still going to face uh, face some deliveries and he got an, an almighty seed again yeah. from, from Shamar Joseph. It was interesting because across those like four overs um, – it was interesting that they took the single on the fourth ball in each one of them. I thought maybe Smith would like to, you know, face another one, so take the fifth and then try to rotate it. But I guess he they ideally more, it's sixth ball, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but, but then the field, field comes in. Field. I think that's their worry is like as we get deeper, they're mm. going to bring him in close and make it harder. Mm. But you know, if you push that extra ball, do they try to move it in and maybe you get a boundary? Like uh, also trying to get like on that fifth ball, do you get a boundary and then you try to tickle one to get it? Get on strike. So I guess uh, it's playing risk here. I just don't think – I think that, again, hindsight, putting Hazelwood in front of Joseph, bad decision. <laughs> but what do you do? Like Play as many as you can and then try to rotate it on the last one. But then the field all comes up. So you've yeah. got to have to then play a pitching wedge to try yes. and keep it in the field, field of play, play and, and only one. run wa- yeah. one. It, it starts getting very difficult. It does, yes. So I think ideally it happens on the fifth ball and then your tail has to face one right. and survive yeah. one. Uh, if it gets down the sixth ball over the, the over, there's just a lot of variables. And right. then you're exposing your, yeah. your tail ender to be facing six rocks perhaps yes, rather yes. than rather than the one yes. or two. Uh, again, you know, I think this just needs to be credit to Shamar Joseph. That mm-hmm. was a really good seed and not many number 11s are keeping that out. You mm. know, just went straight through top of off and we saw historic celebrations and yep. well done to the West Indies because, you know, at the start of the of the series, we set, set on this podcast, you know, they're bringing out a bunch of unknowns. A bunch of young guys. Uh, yeah. We're expecting another really short test. We saw the yep. shortest test ever in Adelaide history. Mm-hmm. I think Rodney Hogg said that they were pathetic and horrendous and yep. they were using that as a bit of, um, you know, motivation. Yep. Well, 
Jimmy has done the fact-checking on that and he and it's got the quote from Braithway saying, Mr. Hogg said we were pathetic and hopeless, so that was our inspiration. Mm. We wanted to show the world we are not pathetic. And I must ask him, are these muscles big enough for him? <laughs> with a picture, of course, him flexing with yeah, the of the muscles. So. I'm going to say they're probably bigger than Rodney Hogg's. Like, oh, yes. But, yeah. but that's a little unfair maybe to, to Rodney Hogg. He's probably – his. Uh, Words and choice of words there mm. essentially echoed what the feeling was in the Australian public. Yeah. You know, it was like, what a, a a bullshit way to end a summer with this this team of no names coming yeah, out well, we, we coming out here to face the the incumbent yeah. world champions. You know, this uh, like there was literally people saying to me, maybe I'm more interested in watching India England than watching my own team play. That, the, that in was Brisbane. a great question because they played at exact same times, and I. Did point that point that out to you boys is like what are you watching Australia versus West Indies, or, or India versus England like, uh, and you know there is a difference in uh, the competition and the level of competition. But I, I think in Adelaide, you know, we talked about the Adelaide Mayor not being real happy, and I feel like West Indies played pretty well outside of their collapse in the second innings, which was the difference in the game. Mm. Um, I think they played better in this one. Probably got some confidence out of that game as well of the way they played. Yeah, that, it didn't. And it didn't feel like a two and a half day test. No. Like there was really, like you said, there, there was, was the, a lot of ups the, and downs. They had a lot of chances, and yeah, they, they you know this turned into a four game, almost a full full four game, four day game. Sorry, um, and but I think they were better. Like they were a bit more confident in their batting. Mm. They got a lot more starts. Um, you know, I think Sinclair coming in was was an interesting. You know, as a, again another young guy that they're looking to try and build. Didn't get much options with the ball, but he had, he had 50. And how's a back how's backflip? Backflip of the getting eighth in line. Like, what about the vertical? Yeah, you see, he had, yeah. like, if he didn't have a, a career in, uh, in in cricket, he'd have some sort of athletic pursuit. Yeah. And well, I think that's probably going to be the concern for some of these guys going forward is they've now shown their talent. Um, you know, I've seen the jokes doing the socials already. It was like how long before Joseph is signed to an IPL team and you never see him play for West Indies again. And that's yeah. a concern. That's so, where they've got to try to get their funds together and get some remuneration yeah. Play more and, test and some incentives to keep these yeah, guys yeah. playing test cricket because you don't want to be talking about Shamar Joseph in 10 years' time and like, saying – Where to go? Oh, what happened? Yeah, well, I'm sure it's not going to happen. Like he's too talented for us to lose complete sight of him. Yeah, but, but is he – Become a T20 specialist. Well, that's right. Does he be, yeah. you know, go in the same vein as a as a Dwayne Brava or a Corin Pollard mm-hmm. or, or these guys who are immensely talented and yeah. no nothing against them who did play a, a bit of Test cricket, mm. but the West Indies have severely missed guys like that through the back end of their career and they've yeah. just been playing the T20 circuit and you can't fault them either because of you know the economic background that a lot of these guys come from. We spoke about Shamar Joseph on the last mm-hmm. pod and the essentially poverty that they're, that they're coming out of. So yeah. if they are to, you know, take up those juicy offers and play T20, it's not their fault. Mm-hmm. I think that's where the West Indies board and and maybe even the ICC needs to sort of step in and, and share the funds a little bit better and try to keep yeah. talents like this playing playing test cricket. Yeah. Watching him, it, it felt like the not it felt like Kurtley Ambrose was bowling. 100%. You, you could see like he looks like a megastar. After that first test, we're like, yeah. And this just confirmed it. Like he came on and took all seven wickets. Yep. He, he, he won that test match essentially for him. He ran through this Australian side. And same thing in Adelaide. He four he, straight – like he got four guys out with just bowling them. Like that's yep. just crazy. And the, the pace with a, yep. a broken foot like, or Genuine, broken toe. Like Genuine it, pace. This, this is Michael Jordan flu game style of stuff. This is, yeah. this is unbelievable. So yeah. 
yeah, credit to them and, you know, that's their first win in Australia since, what did we say? It was 97. 97. 27 so, years. Yeah. And they, you've got to go stuff. back to guys like Courtney Walsh, Kirtley Ambrose, Brian Lara, yeah. yep. Chanderpaul Senior, Ian Bishop who was in the commentary team. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's the first time in, in, in re- beyond recent memory, it's the first time this millennium that we've had a West Indies team down here that have got a tear away quick that's yep. instilling fear in – in our world-class bats. Yeah, and I think the other guys, you know, lifted as well. I think everyone's, pace, everyone's yeah. pace was up. Joseph, yeah. The other Joseph was bowling really yeah. well um, and Roach even was quicker yeah, like he, that. He, yeah, his pace wasn't elite but he still got some handy wickets in that mm. first inning. Yeah, but I think it was better with Gabba versus Adelaide. Mm. I, I think they're, you know, we're probably a little bit down and I think they built confidence in that game and, you know, having Joseph there just like really lifted them. I, I think they... You know, the emotion and the momentum probably lifted and helped them uh, through that. And, you know, maybe the crowd at the Gabba <laughs> didn't help the home side at all. <laughs> we got to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. It was dismal. Yeah. The Australia Day crowd really good. Yesterday, like today you can kind of understand, all right, there's probably a lot of people that are back at work We're tomorrow. It's the end, end of a long weekend. Up. It's a day-night test. Yeah. Um, I, 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 kind of, I kind of get it today. Yesterday there was no excuse and it was fucking – Close to empty in there. It, we'll, we'll shield type Chris Crowds is what we're talking mm. about. And, you know, I wonder if, one, they missed out on a great cricket. Um, I watch most of both days uh, while doing other things. So, uh, but I, th- I just feel like, you know, if you're getting 10,000, say, 10 would be nice. Yeah, 10 in there. Maybe the noise, maybe a little bit of extra G up there helps the Australian side get over the edge. No, you know, cheering helps. Yeah. We all know cheering helps to a degree. Um, but, but just it, for a little bit of atmosphere. Yeah, it, exactly. It, it felt Shield-esque, didn't it, yes. when when Shamar took that, that wicket of Josh Hazelwood and you could just – that hear you, everything. You hear the death rattle of the stumps and you don't hear a pin drop in the stadium. Yeah, when when Stark hit his first one, you know, straight driver hit for four, yeah, he, it was super loud. The perfect connection. It was like you hear the echo on the Echo, back. but there were, yeah, there was nothing else. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah, you knew it was real quiet and um, I, I just feel they, they didn't – I'm not going to say the Queenslanders didn't get around the day-night test as much. Mm. Maybe it has to be an Adelaide thing because they, they obviously got around it and loved it. Uh, but, you know, those guys, what was it, 10,000, 15,000 showed up for an hour of cricket that they knew it was going to be an hour passionate, of cricket. Passionate, yeah, yeah, really passionate. And we got n- nothing – in a much better quality game, I, w- I will say, in a more interesting finish – so what um, you're saying is that Queenslanders have no spine and no passion yeah. when it comes to cricket, rugby league or else. No, rugby league definitely different. <laughs> <laughs> As in pseudo winners for that. But, uh, but, uh, I'm barking up the wrong bush with that yeah, one. Right? Yeah, it's just like what's the recent record? Yeah. Um, it's sad, man, and it's it's a but, little concerning. It's yeah. a little concerning to see those kind of numbers in a home test on a long weekend Mm-hmm. Uh, I suppose the only thing that we haven't mentioned is is the heat and and the, it was also yeah, yeah. again know, the oppressive for, conditions. for both teams it was fucking hot <laughs> and humid like uh, um, there you know there was predictions for lots of rain there was the cyclone that was uh, meant to hit Townsville but I I think it kind of uh, ended up being a lesser storm by the time it hit land uh, but they were expecting lots of rain across nearly the whole state mm. um, so which you know led to a lot of the humidity Queensland's generally pretty hot anyway but mm. you know elevated um so there was a lot of drinks taken a lot of glove change a lot of shirt changes um so you know a bit of rhetoric about slow overrate and s- slow game time etc mm. um in the end it probably didn't matter or take away from 
the, the spectacle that was the test. But mm. yeah, if we were getting deep on day five and the, we'd lost you know fifty odd overs throughout the the, the last um, five days, we'd be talking about it a bit more. It's interesting to see the the sweat pouring off the boys in the slow mos, oh. and I don't think I'd seen professional athletes be so so sweaty I, I, in in a. I gotta say, in, in a while. Yeah, let's. How deep are we? The missus not listening, so you know some of those rigs with the the sweaty t shirts all over them. Like the boys are looking in shape, that's for sure. Uh, we we could have gone uh, at zero point zero one seconds into the podcast, and my missus wouldn't be listening. So <laughs> can certainly. Uh, uh, Comment on on the on the good looking sweaty boys. Uh, we do need to have a difficult conversation. Thank yeah. you uh, to the boys that are yeah. in the chat, uh, Macker and Big Dog. Um, Marnus Labuschagne, two hundred twenty six runs on the summer, average twenty eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few lots of sixty odd, so sixty three against starts. Pakistan in in, uh, in Melbourne, sixty and sixty two not in uh, in Sydney. The West Indies, these were his scores. Ten, one not out, three, five at his home mm-hmm. home field there uh, at the Gabba. Is he Scott in Andy. any kind of selection danger or <sighs> is it just, uh, no, Marnus is out of form and he'll come good? Mm. Well, you look at his other summers, summer in 22-23, he had 600 runs, summer in uh, – What's before that? Uh, 21, <laughs> 22. He had 335, so not as lean but a little bit lean and then he had 400 I think in the summer before that. So, um, you know, again, we're talking post-COVID cricket uh, at this point. Um, it's hard to say. You've got to also think for the West Indies games, new opener, Smith didn't do a lot so mm-hmm. he did come in very early and again faced a lot of the hardball we were talking about. Um you know, some talk about, you know, the Warner had been doing the same to him, you know, barbecuing a little bit, getting out early and he's going in quite often early. Uh, but maybe we should expect that by now, that mm. he's, he should be ready to go and ready um, to face a lot of ball. Like, uh, I... He didn't look comfortable. The, yeah. The whole series, like, he's he's getting squared up, as, as, as Mac yeah. is saying in, in the chat. Uh, there was never a point where you thought... He looks oh, on. Yeah, like he looks yeah, on. Man, Marnus, got is, Marnus is comfortable here, and he's going to go on to to make a few runs, at least in the West Indies um, yeah. uh, aspect of the summer. Yeah, like a, as a comparison, I think when I ever Bison came out, he just looked like he was there, he's ready. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was getting. He wasn't getting massive scores. He'd get now, but it, he looked like he was trying to score and was a bit more comfortable. I'd say. Cam Green not in his first in the first test match, but I felt like in this one he was feeling more comfortable. Yeah, he looked the, good. Yeah, in the fourth in that's fourth spot and looking better. Um, some interesting comments for I think from Nathan Lyon on him, mm. um, which we'll get to in, in just yeah, a second. So, but uh, hard to say. It's, you can't drop him. Like, no. like who else is being down the draw? <laughs> so, I think yeah. I think it's twofold. Okay, yeah. I think it's a uh, the the blokes are top ten ranked. Uh, bat in the world. Yes, he's out of form, but yeah, you're looking at at last summer where he's had 611 runs, averaging 100. 100 yeah. uh, he still had 100 in England in the in the Ashes, mm-hmm. uh, despite not having the best 2023. Yeah. Uh, I think just based on that, the bloke buys himself uh, a fair bit of time. And then B, yeah, who's banging down the door? We we were having all the chat around. 
mm-hmm. around Warner and the next replacement yep. and Bancroft had all the runs on the board yep. uh, and, you know, they don't go with a specialist opener. So mm-hmm. all of that maybe maybe plays in into I, that. I've well, if you want to bring in a specialist opener and you want Cam Green in the side, well, okay, then maybe Marnus is the one that, that has to has to go. I'd, but I'm, I'm, I'm just playing devil's yeah, advocate yeah, there. No. I, I'm just saying I don't see it. I think point A, the bloke's... Got too many runs on the board mm-hmm. uh, in terms of you know his, oh. his his test career, albeit not in the last twelve months. Yeah. Uh, and I, B, there's no one banging down the door. Yeah, well, I think if you think of the, the best eleven cricket players in Australia, they're, they're playing for Australia. Like, uh, <laughs> Martin Love born in the wrong era. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, yeah. Jamie Siddons and Michael Divanudo also say hi. Uh, <laughs> the the late nineties, early noughties, yeah. uh, we we had a plethora of sticks. That's for mm. sure. And, you know, go back to Steve Smith, like he, he kind of struggled in the first three innings he had of, as an opener. Mm. I think he's probably bought himself some more time with his 91 not out. Um, unfortunately for him, he couldn't turn up because uh, he's been a bit dry for tons uh, as we've looked in in the past. But I think he will have some chance. You know, I think they'll keep – this is the side going forward and what well, we don't play again until the end of the year – um, no, we got the two in New Zealand. Oh, two in New Zealand. That's right. Forget then, February, New Zealand, and then nothing till um, end of the year. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I think this is a squad. Uh, yes, so they've got some struggles, um, and you know, Trav- Travi Heads had some struggles as well. Uh, I, f- I think feel like well, yeah, if you take out the hundred, these. He's yeah. had a very, very, very thin mm-hmm. uh, summer. But, again, that's kind of like the old Warner criticism. Like, yeah. oh, if you take out his huge double 100 <laughs> on Boxing Day where he single-handedly wins a test, then he's done nothing. We'll be like, well, yeah. uh, cricket doesn't really work like that. Yeah. And uh, I think that goes from basically all of them. Outside of Usman, I think everyone else has had their ups and downs this summer. I think Usman's been the only one who's been uh, super consistent throughout the, throughout the lot. So, yeah. $15. 15 bucks. Before the test, Shamar had my curiosity, but now he has my attention. Go 49ers. I want a Brock and roll all night and Purdy every day. Very good chat there, Big Dog. We should be paying you 15 bucks, I think, for for, for that in the chat. Uh, and, and we will be rolling into the NFL very, very shortly. Uh, Shamar, Joseph, we... You know, we won't suck him off too much, <laughs> but we we went into into a fair bit uh, of detail last time uh, on, on the pod. Mm. The bloke was unknown a few years ago. Uh, you know, he hadn't. This really is his second test, bro. Like, and he's like, he's out there looking like Curly. <laughs> so, yeah, he is. So there's a few takeaways from mine for the West Indies. They have, uh, they a, have talent. A, a, the talent is there. It's there. They okay. just got to develop. They have to, and they have to keep them. They have to and keep them. He doesn't really even need that much developing. True, true. Do you know what I mean? If he yeah. can go. Down if he can under, come to in, down under, yeah, into and rip you know, through us, so-called like, hard conditions, and yeah. and absolutely tear through us, much like his predecessors did in the eighties mm-hmm. and nineties, mm-hmm. it's it's just a financial thing. If he stays in in whites, he's going to be a, a mega star of Test cricket. Uh, B, this is huge for West Indian cricket as oh, a whole. Massive. The, the have whole, you seen some of the video, like Brian Lara and the guys, the the, the coaching staff, like. In tears. Bro, like, Lara didn't mm, say a word. Like in that last half hour, like he wasn't he, talking. Yeah, he was like, just enthralled. He's, yeah, he's like, meant to be commentating yeah, and you could just tell. And you could like, s- when This was, means a lot. <laughs> bloody oath. So, so that has certainly uh, paved the way for a young generation of West Indian cricketers who uh, who would have watched this and gone, mm. okay, cricket's not dead in, in these nations. Uh, and, mm. and then see, you know, the – the test cricket as a whole, and we've spoken about it a lot on the podcast over yeah, the last yeah. few years, and we're really worried uh, for uh, for the future of of test cricket, and it just being India, Australia, and um, 
and England. Mm-hmm. No, there's there's people that are still passionate about cr- Test cricket, and there would have been waves through the through the cricket world. You know how many Indians and and English people and South Africans mm-hmm. uh, and Pakistanis have have woken up to the news or, or or been following along in their early mornings and gone. Yeah, fuck yeah, West Indies. <laughs> like, you know, they've gotten a win in Australia. It's if imagine if if the West Indies knocked off England in England, how we'd be reacting to it. Yeah. So, so it's important for 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 a lot of things. It's important for Shamar Joseph. It's important for for West Indian cricket moving forward, and oh, it's important time. for Test cricket. Yeah, I, I agree. The, I think actually, um, I think go back to it. They need to play more Test cricket. Yep. So get more competition. Uh, see if they can, uh, you know, travel. Go play England. Go play India, etc. So. Um, so the boys are making some interesting comments in there about uh, Pukowski. Would I, I think he got hit the head last week, didn't he? So um, Will's uh, always is one of those ones that you, you've is there what's it was it Ponting that made him the heir apparent? Like it's the I, same, think, I think Australia made him the heir apparent. I think we did on this podcast. Yeah, like he, it, the talent's definitely there, but you know, there's um, uh, the concussions. One is an issue, and two, he, he just needs to get back and be playing good cricket. Um, and yeah, I, I just, like I said, I, I don't think there's anyone there banging down the door. The best 11 are in the team. I just don't think we could be making wholesale changes. Or anything nah, like. And Pekos- no Pekoski needs a good 18 months of, of solid cricket under, yeah. his, under his belt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, just do what Bancroft does and then don't get picked in the team. So. <laughs> Probably doesn't have the the priors with sandpaper gate and, and everything that, that plays into yeah, it in that true, in that true, sense. True. India and England, we've uh, we've been watching it and yeah, it's getting very tasty. Well, it's it's really swung over the last uh, over the last few minutes. Uh, England in the box eight now. India currently six for one hundred and nineteen. They need another one hundred and twelve runs. Shreyas Iyer still out there. You feel feel as a um, as an Indian cricket fan that whilst he's out there, there's still hope. But uh, that that. Deep tail that uh, that uh, uh, Jadu often comes down in and scores runs. You know mm-hmm. the bloke's gone. He's just been run out. Yeah, a difficult way to get out. And uh, the keeper Barat, who's only played a handful of Test matches, is out there, and they're going to try and save save this mm. Test. Mm. I'd have to see it again, see if he got barbecued in that. But uh, I think he was just trying to take quick singles, and Stokes has just um, done him in there. And after I think did uh, did Deja get um eighty odd in the his first inning? So yeah, the uh, this pitch looks like it's doing a lot for the spin Bro, balls yeah. as well. So um, the time's looking up uh, from from the notes and, yeah. and watching the the game in the background. Yeah. You, you tell the, the the they knew what the pitch was going to do when Jimmy Anderson's not in the team because they had to pick three spinners. So yeah. Uh, so briefly wrapping up uh, the the Test match there in Hyderabad, England batted first, made two hundred and forty six. Ben Stokes pretty handy with seventy odd. Uh, the Ravi's uh, taking six mm-hmm. for. Between them, uh, and then India go out and make 436. Notable bloke uh, not playing. You might have heard of the name Virat Kohli. Personal reasons, a lot of speculation online as to why Virat's not playing, uh, mm. but it's confirmed that he's out of this test and the second test, uh, which means a little bit of a reshuffle in, in terms of uh, the batting order. And uh, and Yashavshi Jaiswal coming in, he looked pretty good. Uh, run a ball 80. Yep. Uh, he's had a really good start to his uh, his test career. He's only five tests in. He scored a big 170 yep. on debut. And uh, if anyone's fan of the IPL, seen what he can do in the in the short format. KL Rahul makes some runs, uh, and India, yeah, as aforementioned, finished with 436, so 190 runs ahead of England. 
and now we're looking at England in the box seat, mm. uh, you know, uh, in this test. So Ollie Pope was was the difference. He went out and made 179 not um, mm. and and gave uh, England um, – uh, the 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 box seat. Sorry, 179 not at start of uh, play. 196 he ended up with before uh, getting bowled by Boomer. Uh, so he made close to half of their half of their 420. Yeah, just watching. Uh, they did try to take a quick single, and uh, Stokes just in the field was too good. Uh, and then watching some of that, if 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 Root bowled in in, in India exclusively, um, his numbers would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I He'd be the best best spinner of all time. If yeah, well, Michael, in India. Michael Clark took six, six for seven, uh, six for nine in uh, in India. It's, uh, I think if you can you can get the ball returned somewhat, I think you can have some success on uh, day four, day five in India. Oh, definitely. We'll follow it as it as it plays out. Uh, we do have a touch more cricket to talk about the the big bash. We spoke mm-hmm. last episode. Was it? Is it good? Is mm-hmm. it good? Where and. It made me actually reflect and think, you know, maybe we are the yeah. uh, the Seymour Skinner, you know, out of touch, old old man shaking fist at cloud kind of type mm-hmm. operators mm-hmm. where I've just had my head in the sand and I'm like, test cricket is a pinnacle, get yep. fucked, you yep. know, it's pyjama cricket, I'd, I'll watch it if it's on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the numbers are starting to tell a, a pretty drastic story. Well, I, I think they – had success with the changes they made to the season this year. Like make, it was the highest attendance since Big Bash 7. Yeah, and I, I think making the season shorter, fitting it into the school holidays yeah. has really played a big part in it. I think they've um, – you know, that that one improvement alone I think really, really helped. Um, and then, of course, they got some big crowds with uh, a few more games from the Australians playing than, than yeah. usual. Yeah. So, um, you know, that helped bump the average up a little bit. But I, I think overall it was um, more the uh, – the timing and the way the schedule was shortened essentially, that it wasn't a super long season, uh, kind of fit into the school holiday window and, you know, the young fellas could get around their team and essentially follow it all mm. from start to finish. So, um, yeah, but there's a big thumbs up for Cricket Australia. They've finally done something right. Uh, we'll recap briefly <laughs> the the finals. Uh, the qualified Sixers beat the Heat. Ben Dorses five for twenty one in that one. That did happen prior to our pod last time. So the games that have happened since uh, the knockout that was happening live as we podcasted mm-hmm. last week. Good old Esky Curse. We're yep. like, oh yeah, we'll see uh, the Perth Scorchers take yeah. on the Sydney Sixers in the final. Didn't come to fruition. Didn't even go yeah. close as the Strikers won in Perth by fifty runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake Weatherall pretty good in that, but it was all about the. Uh, the the uh, spinners for the strikers in in Lloyd Pope and uh, and Cam Boyce getting the job done. That bring that uh, brought the challenger uh, mm-hmm. where the Heat took on the strikers at Carrara Stadium up there in the Gold Coast and enter one Josh Brown. Seen bits and pieces of him throughout the Big yep. Bash. Didn't think he had this in him. No, not a hundred and forty off fifty seven. Like uh, it, it was just his day. Let's put it that way. He, he turned out and um, he was just. Obviously, seeing them, seeing them like beach balls, hitting them for six. Would he get 12 sixes in his inning? 12 sixes, uh, Big Bash record mm-hmm. and the third highest score in Big Bash history uh, behind the likes of Glenn Maxwell mm-hmm. and Marcus Stoinis, I believe. So so pretty elite uh, uh, company that he's amongst there. The bloke's a bat maker that plays Brisbane grade cricket. Yep. I don't even know if he's played – maybe he's played a handful of, of games for Queensland. And this is kind of the beauty of the Big Bash in that it's a, a huge coming out party for him. Yep. Like if uh, – this is maybe hyperbole, but there would have been IPL franchises that have, have gone, okay, well, you know, 
maybe for not giving me him a contract, mm-hmm. he's one to watch in in, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the next big bash. Uh, it's an unbelievable, um, you know, showcasing of his skills and um, and an unbelievable viewing. That's the that's the best. That's the most entertaining. Uh, white ball knock uh, since since Maxi in the in the uh, in the World Cup. I agree, and you know the the BPL's screaming for stars that they can mm. build around. Like um, think of uh, the Lin Sanity uh, from a couple of years ago. Um, you know that's the kind of thing that they want to be able to bring in a market and sell because most likely they're not going to have the the Australian guys um, uh, playing in the games regularly. Mm. So you know who's our big bash stars that we can market and. Know someone like Josh Brown putting that himself on the on the map on the um, for them to kind of see, and I think it flips side of that also Spencer Johnson. Yeah, we get to you know another guy that yeah is you know some of these guys maybe not banging down Australian spots. I think Johnson is, yeah. <laughs> but some of the others you know the guys that are up the up top tier kind of Australian talent um, not playing in the Australian squad, but should be being marketed. Uh, as, you know, the future stars and you could probably build a big bash league around it and, you know, sell jerseys, et cetera. Yeah, that's the kind of thing I, I think of, you know, they could be doing for some of these guys. So Spencer Johnson is a is a superstar. We we saw mm-hmm. the the hefty amount uh, that, that Gujarat uh, yeah. uh, forked up. Questioned it at the him. time. Now I understand why. Yeah. <laughs> I like – I thought, wow, that's a lot of money. Yeah. From what I'd heard, you yeah. know, I was like, he's always a good young quick. Let's, yeah. let's see what he can do. But but the the bloke had what seven for forty six in in his in the last two, two games, games of the yeah. of the big bash. Uh, so so certainly uh, has announced himself on uh, on the mm-hmm. world stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did get the KFC medal for, yep. for the best on in in the final, which uh-huh. the Heat Heat did win. Yes. Uh, we've spoken a lot about Josh Brown in the. We got Brown got fifty in that. Uh, yeah, in the look, final looked looked well, alright, so. and and they did it did it really really easily uh, mm-hmm. in front of a sold out crowd of forty three thousand mm-hmm. there in Sydney. Uh, thoughts on the medal? Yeah, the KFC medal, yeah, it was. Uh, There's a bit of chat getting around online about that. Yeah, well, about you know the Norm Smith and Clive Churchill, and then you and win the KFC, KFC medal. I don't care. <laughs> Shut up and take my money. Oh gosh, um, won't miss those ads. I must say. Um, I wonder if you they're get, kind of funny. The first yeah. 400 times you see them in the summer. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just hope he can take that medal down to KFC and get a Zinger burger. Um, Swap for a Or at least they give him, you know, some recognition. He's got to get at least one freebie. They say, bro. I'm wearing the medal, bro. Bro, you need to pay for your zinger. We've got a hundred of their medals back here. <laughs> that, that, that medal honestly looked like something that like a fucking participation <laughs> award kid would get instead of a blue ribbon. Like, you know, oh, yeah, we've, we've gone past the ribbons for participation. Now you get a KFC medal. Like when – out of all the all the hype that we've just given the big bash, bash and yeah. and and the seriousness of us really needing a a T twenty league mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is not going to rival the IPL, but that is in the same ballpark, they come up with that shit for the yeah. for the player of the of the match. Like seriously, that yeah. was horrendous. Like who's? I guess the issue is you know big bash league is young, but still ish. You, young ish. But still, you've probably got. Uh, retired star that you could name a, you know, a medal or, you know, after. Um, she only just retired, but I was, you know, immediately thinking Aaron Finch medal. Aaron Finch medal. Yeah, like, you know, it doesn't have to be Finchy. Maybe you can go back even if you really want to go back. 
Craig, right. just just pick pick someone. Right, like the late Andrew Simons medal. Like yeah. we're, we're talking that's about that's it in the one. in the chat. You know, which which cricketer that kind of just missed T Twenty era yeah. that you would have loved to see play more T Twenty cricket? Yeah. I was like Roy, like he was yeah. fucking built for for yep. T Twenty cricket. Yep. Like something like a long, a long slightly more ilk. meaning than yeah, a that means medal. A, that means a little bit. You know, yeah. the Allen Border medal. Yeah. Oh, it means something. Yeah. It's there's there's some sort of meaning it, attached to it. The big difference with that is you can't sell that though. You can sell the KFC sell medal. KFC. It's yeah, like, I suppose. Yeah. Hopefully they they've got six figures for it. I but probably the think they got of advertising <laughs> and buckets on heads and fucking indigestion and heartburn and uh, and. I, KFC. Destroyed toilet seats the next day. I'm sure KFC yeah. did fine this, this I, summer. I, I don't know who the parent company that owns KFC is, but they must have one airtight contract with Cricket Australia to make them their bitch so much in all this advertisement. Metal yeah. aside, uh, well under the Brisbane heat. Mm-hmm. It's the last few years has really been, uh, you know, scorches one year, six yep. is the next. next so yep. good to see the Brisbane heat go out and win their, their second mm-hmm. for the franchise. Both those teams to get there, so. Yeah, uh, and I think the big bash, as much as we have been critical of it, it's certainly well the numbers prove that this it's, year was it's, better. It's going in the right direction. Agreed. I think, like you said, shortening the season was yep. in, important, uh, and I think moving forward, they they just have to have some some games where the stars are playing, uh, and whether or not that's the going into the finals and having the finals mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. with with the stars, which didn't quite happen. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, this this time round, or at least having you know some games where where your Australian stars are playing, I think that's integral to to the big bash uh, moving do you, forward. Do you think Usman could have played for the Heat on Wednesday and backed up on Thursday? Yeah, there's a lot of chatter around that. I would not like as if again. I'm still very much team. I've te- seen some Origin players play Wednesday and then <laughs> play happen. Friday night football. It, it can happen, <laughs> uh, but for mine, Test cricket is sacred, and one does not play <laughs> true, true. Uh, KFC bucket. Me- <laughs> You know, medal-winning cricket uh, the, the night before Test cricket. Yep. Bit of stats, Matt Short, uh, mm-hmm. 541 runs in uh, in the tournament, uh, leaps and bounds ahead of the next, who was actually Josh Brown, who only played nine innings. Yep. Uh, bloke is in the squad for the ODIs upcoming, I think, on form. He has to play, uh, whether or not that's mm-hmm. opening or, or top order somewhere, I think uh, he's done everything that, that uh, he needs to do to, to get his Australian start. Josh Brown, uh, the high score, the only hundred of of the big bash, yep. uh, and he did it uh, with with style, most sixes ever in a in a big bash innings, most wickets. Xavier Bartlett, uh, he's also in that ODI uh, squad, mm-hmm. so hopefully see him uh, get a few caps. And uh, Ben Dwarsh was the the best uh, figures there. Did, did Spencer Johnson make that squad? Yes, I think so. Let me get the ODI squad. So that's the next lot of cricket that's coming up. Uh, there's an ODI here in Canberra, I think, the second one. It's a Tuesday night. Yeah, because there's some talk about, you know, if Spencer they can keep here this form and trajectory being a left-arm quick, um, is he, the, you know, a ready replacement for Mitchell Stark when Stark wants to hang it up? I think Stark's got a, probably a, at least another two years in him, but... Uh, I can see where the comparisons come from. Fiery yeah. left arm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're, again, thinking about that Ashes in two years' time, um, will they, all these boys be there to still go around? Probably. But, you know, do you start getting someone like Johnson ready to walk into that squad? Men's Detol ODI series. <laughs> 
Uh, no Spencer Johnson. So so Smith, Head, Sean Abbott, Xavier Bartlett is in. No Jake Fraser McGurk comes in. Glenn Maxwell mm-hmm. out. out. Had yep. a, had a big night. Uh, hope, hoping he's going all good. Yep. There's a few sort of incidents uh, recently. So hoping hoping the big show's going all right. Mm-hmm. Cam Green, oh, squad, Aaron Hardy, well deserved. Mm-hmm. Uh, should play a little white ball cricket. Inglis, Labosain, Lance Morris, Morris is, is in. So yeah. the wild thing is in. Cummins as a rest. Matt Short, Will Sutherland, uh, interesting, interesting in. Feel like we'll probably just be there for for a bit of net bowling and, yep. and getting some experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Adam Zampa. So that kicks off uh, down there in Melbourne, February second, which off the top of my head is Friday. I think it's Friday. Uh, yes, it's maybe it's right. Thursday. Thursday or Friday. Tuesday, Friday. So. I'm going back from the. I know the cameras are Tuesday, so that means that's a Sunday, which means that's that's Friday. That's Friday. Got it. Got it. Yes, it is Friday. Saturday and shows of friends. (laughs) Is it Friday? Yeah, it's Friday. Fuck off, Maka. Uh, anything else? Oh, Canberra uh, Cricket ACT have put in a bid for a Big Bash team. Yep. Uh, so we've spoken a lot. There's, there is chat about possible expansion, mm-hmm. 10 mm-hmm. teams. Uh, yeah, I'm for it. Who, who plays here is a pseudo home team? Is it S- Sydney Thunder. Thunder. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I saw some those, those games often sell out. They sell out. But I also see the Thunder aren't super keen as well, uh, as in saying, you know, we're taking a home ground away from the home ground. Yep. But... You know, there, there's definitely um, a love for it. Uh, people turn out to the theatre of dreams at Monaco. If uh, if they do expand, you'd think they go to Tem. And I think the best way to move forward is is bring in New Zealand. Is bring in a, yeah, a New, New Zealand, Zealand team. team. Quite interesting. Yep. I um, tend to agree. That means obviously logistics chat- make it logistics. A yeah, challenge. travel. Two boards have to come come into it. Uh, but I think if if the Big Bash becomes the premier uh, destination for for short format cricket, what's their time um, zone? Are they two hours behind or in front? In front. Do you know which way the world goes? Yeah, yeah, I'm <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so much like uh, <laughs> it's yes. flat, bro. It's yes, flat. Uh, much yeah. like uh, the NRL. Oh, and, I was just trying, yeah, trying to work out whether. You know, would that fix some of our issues with uh, playing against the test teams? And mm. the answer to that is no. Mm, I, it'd be later. Like, I don't think you'd, you'd fit. For mine, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Like, I, I think like, having a team out there makes a lot of sense. Yeah, or two. For, for, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, for, for the growth. But, um, yeah, I don't know if ske- the scheduling-wise and putting what times you play those games to make it sort of make sense. Mm. Um, w- you know, working around the test cricket is what I was trying to calculate. Yeah, and no, I'm sure that they'd be okay with that as well because New Zealand's uh, not quite in the same uh, ilk as, as South Africa and the West Indies for test cricket, but they're, they're certainly heading that way <laughs> in terms of uh, uh, retaining players uh, playing test cricket. Jimmy's uh, Monks's comment there is pretty funny about uh, the, you know, get to New Zealand before the BCCI does and creates a new New Zealand T20 league. Fuck no. <laughs> I can Wait for the Mumbai Indians fucker papa to, to come yeah. out. That's uh, that's uh, their, their yeah. best franchise yet. Uh, I uh, I, th- I think they're more likely to buy the big bash and pennies on the dollar and then um, do something with that if they really want to. Um, you know, probably run in the ground, kill it off so that their other leagues can be more successful. <laughs> 
Only other bit of news is Alan Border uh, coming out over the weekend and mm-hmm. announced that he's got mm-hmm. Parkinson's did, disease. Did a good lunchtime kind of uh, interview with him and go through it, and then he's been on commentary as well throughout mm-hmm. the test. So diagnosed 2016. The bloke's mm-hmm. been fighting it for seven years. You'd have yeah. no idea from from watching the no. cricket. Uh, started off as hip pain. Uh, mm-hmm. It's uh, it's pretty. Uh, insidious sort of onset, uh, and it's it's not a nice neurological condition. So so thinking of him and and uh, Captain Grumpy, um, you know, you certainly you wouldn't be able to tell from from watching cricket recently. So, yeah, so hopefully he's all good, and, and hopefully we get to see a fair bit more of him in uh, in the in the box because uh, he can be a cranky old <laughs> old bastard, can't he? But um, he's also it, very knowledgeable. So. Yeah, exactly, and he, he's yeah. one of Australia's uh, and yeah, and a connection best to best, cr- best cricketers of all mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Agree, agree. Uh, before we move into the NFL, update on the cricket. Uh, I'm going to put the curse on them because we don't like the English commies um, that they're definitely going to win this game from here. If there's anything that I possibly hate more than England these days, it's Cricket India. Because <laughs> this, this game is in India, I think it's big again for cricket. If the Poms can knock them off. Yeah, well, uh, Hartley, uh, Leach is bowling at the moment, Roots, they're just going all spin and it's – Turning absolute miles and the bottom bottom of the order is uh, really struggling with it. They've down with uh, three wickets to get with uh, 111 runs um, in hand. So you hate to say Indians decking, uh, getting a, 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 <laughs> a really a deck, turning deck a deck that spins and having to bat the fourth innings and in it uh, uh, not paying dividends for the for their own interests. Thank Ali Pope um, getting almost 200 uh, really really changed this Test match. Thank you. That is cricket. We'll have a quick look back at the NFL divisional round. Uh, some some really good games. Uh, I think the wild card weekend was a lot of one-sided affairs. Uh, outside of this first game, uh, they, it really went down to the wire in the other three. Ravens look pretty good in a in a cold and windy Baltimore. Uh, coming out winners 34-10 over the Texans. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, MVP. MVP, uh, I think for anyone that's still not convinced, uh, the bloke showed it in this one. Only had to throw for 152 yards in the air, but uh, two touchdowns, zero intercepts, 100 yards rushing, two touchdowns on the ground. Pretty good? Yes, I would say he's pretty good, Macca. I would say he's possibly very good. Uh, despite not quite having the numbers that he had in his yes. own MVP season, um, from watching football, I think he looks like the most valuable player mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. Probably the best team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts? I tend to agree um, with all of that. And I was just checking the weather for Baltimore tomorrow. Uh, cold, rain. So uh, very gritty gritty kind of Baltimore game incoming, I believe. Uh, so uh, for this game, they were just dominant. Um, and I think the Texans maybe didn't overachieve, but I think they – you know, they, they probably went further than they were hoping. In the, I'd say they really, overachieved yeah, on the I season. think they've done really well and got a lot of young talent they can build around. So, um, And, you know, Ryan's there as head coach. I think they've got a bright future. Just go away and add a few pieces and come back. There's only a few things that let them down. Discipline was, was really yeah, bad. Uh, and they couldn't establish a run. It's it's an it's an yep. old adage in in the NFL. You when when playoff football rolls around, you have to be able to pound the rock mm. for whatever reason. I don't know if it's the cold weather. I don't know if it's yeah. the toll. You know the attrition of the season. 
But teams that tend to win playoff football games are able to run the ball. I think they had about 40 rushing yards total. Uh, they just couldn't get it going and uh, and the Ravens were were way too good. Mm. Uh, CJ, CJ Stroud, I think, uh, mm-hmm. will be the offensive rookie of the year. I don't think there's any question around that. And the future is good for the Texans. Um, I think it was good, you know, much like the West Indies winning in cricket, I think having the Texans be be a good team is is good for for the NFL. Yeah, I agree. And you gotta remember this game was ten ten at half time. So yeah, it was yeah, all second half. Yeah, I think the the Ravens really showed their masterclass and where they are as a team. So yeah, the, the bank was rocking. Thank you, Maka. The mm-hmm. uh, often you know we talk about the twelfth man in Seattle or or Arrowhead when it's heaving. Yeah. MT and T Bank Stadium there in Baltimore. The the twelfth uh, you know is 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 very important yeah. and there's, there's they've not got a, passionate there's fans. Not a lot to be uh, excited for in Baltimore um, outside the Ravens. So I, I think they'll definitely get around them. Oh, we're talking about yeah how, how things have gone yeah. outside of football in Baltimore. It's not good post COVID. So uh, there's a lot of uh, you know uh, people in the community that I'm sure this means a means a lot for them. And uh, we'll get to the AFC Championship game in a second, but mm-hmm. it's it's their first hosting in in mm-hmm. a in a number of years. Yeah, well, it's been running through either New England, Denver, or Kansas City for like the last mm. seven or eight years. So yeah, it's been a well six straight for Kansas City. I think it was Denver the before that or flipping between them and New mm. England for you know, that's essentially years, the last so. 25 years <laughs> yeah, yeah it yeah. generally runs runs through one of those three places yeah. 49ers Packers this rivalry continues mm. to uh to not disappoint the Packers did lead this game 21-14 at three quarter mm. time I think there was two moments where as um as a Packers fan you go oh, this is it. Uh, so Packers, well-noted uh, kicking woes over the last mm-hmm. few years with Mason Crosby. He goes, the rookie Anders Carlson comes in, brother of Daniel mm-hmm. Carlson at, uh, at Las Vegas Raiders. Push one that he probably really should have should have yeah, nailed and then a costly uh, fourth quarter intercept from Jordan Love, who throughout the playoffs had really played quite well, mm-hmm. uh, means that the Packers uh, get knocked out by the 49ers, much like the Texans, much like the Bucks that we get to in a second. When the expectation isn't really that high, you look at the season and you think, well, maybe they put, they did yeah, overs they, they and did they overs. certainly haven't disappointed anyone. I agree, agree. And I'm not sure if we got there there, but I'm pretty sure – uh, every t- um, the teams that won, none of them, they didn't have turnovers. They didn't throw interceptions. No intercept. I think that's yeah, I, and I'm, the teams that that lost through through picks. I'm quite sure through eight games uh, back in the wild card mm-hmm. and in uh, in divisional. I don't think the winning quarterback thrown an intercept. Yeah, I'm just trying to look at our numbers there, and I'm we should sure. be able to get it from this one. We've yeah, got to go we, back. To, we, I, I, think I think that's I think that's that's true. Uh, so fact ter- fact check is wrong. Well, Again, it's I, not that's not rocket science. So yeah, well, uh, we'll get to the four teams that are remaining, but three of those were the what, position one, two, and three in points allowed for defense through the season. So, mm. um, so you know, you got three of the the top uh, upper tier defenses playing. So, it, do, it does definitely help. They might win championships, some might say. It matters when it gets cold. Sure does. CMC uh, was was. CMC. <laughs> yeah, he was unreal in this one. Two two rushing touchdowns. Brock Purdy really played the game manager type role that he's did beca- have a good becoming draw, famous final for. drive though to, sure to, to put him. They still had to win it. They still had to win it. It wasn't so. handed to him on a plate. Mm. Uh, there was obviously a few plays in the fourth quarter that Packers, uh, you know, will we'll look back and regret. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I think the kicker got. Released straight away, yep. I'm pretty sure. So they so go yeah, well, and defensive and defensive coordinator, coordinator which seemed a bit stiff because you know allowing pretty good, but yeah, they, you allow 24 points to an offense that yeah. was really good this year. I don't think 
they were a bad defence. They certainly weren't no. an elite defence. When you look at all the numbers, they and were in, in the bottom half of most measurables. And it's interesting because there isn't a lot of good guys, I guess, available at the moment for defensive coordinators. Um, so it was a bit of an interesting one because um, you'd think they'd have someone there they're aiming uh, to mm. get if they're going to you know, replace him like that. Lions and Bucks, uh, I think the NFL um, – uh, America's team. Well, I was trying to find a word here. I, I think I think NFL fans outside of the the yeah, three other teams that, that are left, I think everyone is on on the Bucks uh, on the on the Lions train. Jared Goff uh, again, you know, quarterbacks in in this round uh, that one tended to be pretty good. Yep. Jameer Gibbs, I think we've got to talk about him. I mm-hmm. think there's an argument to say that he might have had a better year than than Bijan Robinson. Oh, easy, definitely did. You have to, <laughs> <I just said. laughs> but you have to also consider that Gibbs is on a good team, whereas the Falcons, eh, they didn't have a bad year, but they weren't the Lions. Yeah, and they they didn't pump him the ball either. They um, he, he had to be really in the committee there. Yeah, with, it was a with role, Montgomery, it was whereas, more a role guy, whereas Bijan was certainly number one without she <laughs> yeah. stepping in that's, when needed. That's one of the reasons why they're getting a new head coach. So, yeah, I, I think Gibbs did really well. He scored ten touchdowns this year, and then. Laporta did the same score, 10 touchdowns. Like, you, know, you look at that draft class. Yeah, just look what they did, those boys have been doing over there drafting. They've been excellent. So um, uh, not just this draft class but the, the last couple as well. So Dan Campbell and the guys over there have really done a, a good job um, getting in talent. And then the Sun God's also been amazing. He's really good. I think we spoke about top five last last week. Mm-hmm. If you don't have him top five, he's certainly – Top eight. I think that's his first game in like six weeks. He'd gone under a hundred yards. So yeah, he's a freak, man. <laughs> he's been he's just so, so dangerous. Good. As soon as he gets the ball in his hands, the yak is is uh, is certainly something that that he can uh, add, and it's very explosive. And uh, and yeah, got found the end zone in this one. Didn't quite get the hundred yards, but uh, he's he's very good at football. Yeah. I give and then in this give credit to Baker. I think they'll probably sign him to a slightly longer deal because um, he was on the one year deal. Give him a couple more years to see if he can. Cement himself, Mike Evans still doing Mike Evans things. So, um, you know, that team's not too far away, but they've got a lot of guys um, coming off contracts at the moment. Uh, both the two guys I just mentioned are off contract. A lot of the defensive players are off contract. So see what they can do as a team going forward for the Bucks. You also don't have to be that, that good in the NFC South. Like Carolina's not going to – be winning many games next no. year. Atlanta's been a basket case in terms of I come playoff time, you want to be good. So. Yeah, that, that is true. <laughs> it's, it's that different. is true. But you don't want to just win your division and then go through, you know, wild card and then get knocked out. A hundred percent. But it's like it's not like they're in, you know, the NFC East and they've got to play Dallas and Philadelphia yeah. a couple of times a yeah. year. You know, Florida state taxes, etc. <laughs> they <laughs> probably live. They'll yeah, they'll they'll have some guys that want to play there. Um so I think they'll get some jobs done. Chiefs win against the Bills. This one kind of split us uh, on the panel last week. Uh, it's it's incredible to to watch Chiefs. They just find a way to win these these playoff games. They're going to their sixth straight AFC Championship game. Patty Mahomes uh, didn't turn the ball over. Didn't have explosive numbers, but they they pounded the rock well. And we saw uh, played uh, defense well. I think. And yeah. we we saw Mrs. Taylor Swift uh, get out there and, and find the end zone a couple of times. Well, yeah, ran the ball and played defense. Yeah, so and, play our football. And like Josh Allen's going to get a lot of criticism in this one, but um, I don't think there's much more he could have done in this game either. Um, the bloke had seventy two yards on the ground. He ran into. Diggs had a quiet one, he but he was the, covered. He well. didn't turn the ball over. No, Gabe Davis, I think maybe hurt, hurt them mm. a little bit. So, 
Um, but he did everything he could. He scored two tough running touchdowns. Like, um, uh, questions will be asked of, you know, that team considering they can't beat Kansas City. Like, what do they need to do to make it to an AFC Championship game to make it to a Super Bowl? That's kind of where they're at. They're, I think they're Josh Allen's still a mighty talented quarterback. Fucking earth. Um, I think he threw the most touchdowns this year, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. Uh, or maybe had the most total touchdowns, which is probably also correct. Um, <laughs> either way. Either, either way, he's, he's still a talent. And uh, I think, you know, there's issues elsewhere on that team that they need to sort out to um, potentially push them over the edge. Do any come to mind? I think in in recent years it's been you know the the inability to to run the ball outside of Josh Allen. James Cook had sixty one uh, in this. Ty Johnson had a few. They they had a hundred yards from their running backs. Their running backs look good towards the end of the season. Yep. And I think they've probably got enough talent at wide receiver as well. Maybe they need a guy as well. Like I said, Diggs was really quiet in this one. But again, credit. I think Sneed got him for most of the game and mm. he's played unreal for Kansas City. Should have been a pro bowl. Yeah, I, I think maybe their defense is taking a step back from where it was in recent years. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that's where they need to focus because, again, we've been talking about it. Come playoff time, you've got to play good defense. Uh, DeMar Hamlin going to be the pl- comeback player of the year? Yeah, I think Flacco's kind of said, no, it shouldn't be me. Um, I think it was the other option. It was one of the um, – Baker potentially mm-hmm. could have been a, been an option, um, but did you die? Yeah, but did you die? Yeah, Mr. Chair, I think uh, I think Hamlin's probably got it in the bag. Uh, Storyline wise, yeah, um, you know, I, th- I think they hanged him out a little bit in this because they did try to do the fake punt and gave him the ball. Yeah, um, interesting decision <laughs> that one, which was a huge call in the, in, in the end of the game. Um, we always talk about uh, Dan Campbell's nuts. Sean Sean McDermott's yeah, got a few as well. Him, uh, don't don't love the play call or play design on that one, and um, you know maybe he was hoping they'd just part the sea for him and mm. let Hamlin get one. But yeah, no, Kansas City was too good for that, and they stopped him short. So uh, yeah, I don't, I can't think of really too many other options. Uh, the storyline's just too good. That does roll us into our championship games, which uh, kick off in just under 10 hours. Mm-hmm. We'll start with the AFC Championship. The Chiefs travel to MT and T Bank Stadium. Baltimore hosting its first AFC Championship game since 1971. That's over 50 years uh, in the making. They didn't uh, host it in 2000? Jeez. No. So they've won, they've won away. So they've got two Super Bowls in that time. Yeah, they have. <laughs> but they've, they've won those AFC championships mm. away uh, both, oh. both of those times. So the, the bank will be absolutely heaving. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're expecting cold. We're not expecting snow, but we're expecting cold Rain. and wet. And we are expecting Andrews. We're expecting Mark Andrews to be back yep. in the lineup. Well, he's active. We thought we thought he might have been good to go last weekend. Uh, wasn't quite quite ready. Uh, Isaiah likely did find the end zone, but uh, we should see Mark Andrews suit up, uh, which is a massive in for the I think Ravens. Lamar's quote was pretty good. He he said he's my bread and butter. So fuck um, Let's see if uh, he can come in there. First starter. There you go. Yeah. The, the man likes to find the end zone. He's mm-hmm. obviously coming back from uh, from that high ankle fracture. Yep. Uh, so. It's what's well, still he's got what seven weeks under his belt I think mm-hmm. since since the injury uh, the hip drop the hip yep. drop tackle coming into the vernacular of Americans uh, so it'll be good to see uh, arguably the best uh, tight end in the in the league lining up for the Ravens who start as short favourites here dollar forty seven which for mine when you're playing against 
the Chiefs in their sixth AFC Championship game is way Mm -hmm. too short. I think they should be favourites, but uh, for mine, the value is not quite there. Mm. Chiefs at $2.70. How do we see this one playing out? Mm, Again, I think defensive battle. Probably should credit Andy Reid on the job he's been doing over Kansas City. I think he's – what was it? He's made – what did I see? Was it 40%? I'm just gonna go fifty. Uh, just make it up. <laughs> make it. Make it. <laughs> make it. Make it. Out of I'll make a so, uh, Someone can fact check it for me. But of his career, he's made like forty or fifty percent of the time. He's made it to uh, a championship game. Yeah, because he had a great run with the Eagles. The Eagles and, exactly. You know, this so, six, six in a row with the Chiefs. Yeah. I believe it. Yep. So he's still been, a Mayo on it. Go six. Yeah. Yeah. A bit of Jared Mayo <laughs> on there. Uh, so it's been a. I think it's been a really good run for him and what they've been doing. I just don't think they. You know, Rice has been good for them, but I just don't think they've got enough, which is why where they're all season they've been kind of unders with how they've been throwing the ball wide receiver-wise and they just probably run into a Baltimore defense that's just going to be too good for them. Um, that's the kind of way I feel that I don't think Pacheco's going to be able to just maul and run th- over these guys as much. Um, I think it's going to be a hard, gritty, close football game. Mm. Uh, I, again, it, it's, you know... It's probably like a 28 to 24 type game than a massive scores. Um, adding the weather, et cetera, you know, being in Baltimore. Um, I just feel like it's Baltimore's game to lose. Uh, I, I think they're there. Like they're, they've got the team. Like we said, it's probably the best team in the NFL at the moment. They're there. They're ready. They need to need to capitalise. Mac has uh, fired up. He's ready to go. Uh, friend, friend of the Esky has featured on, on some of the old mm-hmm. Esky apps. Uh, he's not going to like what's going to come out of my mouth. <laughs> Can't go past him. Mahomes, <laughs> Reed, six yeah. championship Came games in a row. You get it. Probably the best quarterback of all time. Time will tell. Uh, I, I, what, what was, what was the stat? Oh, they just win. They just win these games. No, what was it? It's, a, it's the first championship game without Brady and um, Peyton Manning. No, that can't be right. No, what's – Oh, no, that was the playoff one. Don't worry. We talked about it last week. I remember now. Ignore me. <laughs> Sometimes I do. <laughs> Sometimes like he may have a valid point here. Where's, where's his brain going? No, no. I don't know, man. It's it's hard to to ever rule out well, the Chiefs. They've, we're, been we're under, talk- they've been underdogs the last few weeks. I oh, know they, they were favourites against the Dolphins. Yeah. They were underdogs last week, but yeah, uh, I don't know, man. I, I think the point I was going to make, like you look at Allen and Mahomes, they're Manning and Brady now. Like it's, the, the guard has officially changed. These are the – the best quarterbacks in the league. These are the superstars that they market, and you, you turn out to watch. So, um, and I, you know, Lamar's in that conversation now. He, he's well, you know, what would be great for his resume is going to the Super Bowl and <laughs> knocking off the Kansas City Chiefs, yep. and all of uh, all of this playoff rhetoric and mm-hmm. Lamar, and he's just a running back, and he can't do it when when it matters. And he's got all one that. MVP. He needs a second one. They they couldn't capitalize it in twenty nineteen. Like I think they need to do it now. Uh, and, you know, Lamar's quote at the draft time, you, you're going to get a Super Bowl out of me, believe that. Mm. Um, you know, it's one of the all-time great messages being picked 32. So, um, and you've, again, interesting, that draft class, considering everyone was fighting over Baker and, and um, Sam Donald who went one and three and then Allen went eight-ish. Mm. No. Did Josh Rosen go eight and then 12 for Allen and then Lamar went 32? Crazy, so, man. Yeah. And that might be a draft class that we're, we're seeing coming up in April too. Yeah, exactly. Time will tell. Yeah. So, you know, we'll get into draft class coming up in the future, but it's it's quite interesting that, you know, the guys with mega talent 
just had the systems to develop them and then they've they've taken over. Another good point there in the comments. Chiefs have only scored 33 times this year. Ravens mm-hmm. uh, in most categories, defense number one, if not uh, you know top five. Yeah. Uh, well, like I said, I think that, that's going to be the storyline. I think the Chiefs line, were like three for scoring, so they've managed to keep games close. So that the the limited points that they have been scoring because the offense has been struggling. Kansas City, it's not the mega high powered certainly thing by it has their been own lofty past. standards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I feel like if the Chiefs go on to win the Super Bowl, I've, I feel like Travis is going to retire. I, I think don't think he needs to go around mm-hmm. again. He's won enough Super Bowls. Um, just go be. Uh, uh, wag, uh, yeah, wag a groupie for for Taylor Swift, follow around the globe. Like that's that's a great lifestyle. Go do that. Um, you know, if your brother's going to retire, I think it's kind of poetic go out together. Um, oh, we didn't even talk about him and his shirt off in the, in the yeah, so, number one fan, yeah, number one fan getting around it. Crusher, eat your yeah, heart out. Yeah. Uh, so it's, yeah. I, I just can't go past Baltimore. I, again, I think it's it's they're built, they're ready. Uh, I think there's too many question marks from Kansas City. And it'll take an all-world game, you know, some maybe patty magic to be able to, to to beat Baltimore in Baltimore, but I'm not seeing it at the moment. You're going Ravens. Gun to my head, I'm going Chiefs. Uh, I hope for a close game. We don't have the the third on the esky to mm-hmm. to, to split split the, split the decisions. Well, so Mac is definitely going Baltimore. So. <laughs> we'll call it two one Baltimore. <laughs> all right, let's talk about the NFC Championship. Uh, game between uh, the 49ers at a dollar twenty four cents mm-hmm. and the rest of the world, uh, Detroit Lions four dollars ten. Lions have never been NFC champs, let alone going to a Super Bowl. So for any of our Australian listeners, mm-hmm. this is like this is like the Gold Coast Titans with history. This is like the Fremantle. Dockers with history. This is like a team that is much like those franchises that's never won anything or, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Frio has mm-hmm. but uh, never been to the big dance yep. plus history. This team's been there forever and they're so close yet yep. they have to travel, they have to go to Dubai. to San Jose and uh, and take on the 49ers um, and and try to get uh, a win against all odds. It's a mm. it's a massive um, opportunity. They are four dollar outsiders, uh, and and the odds will be stacked against them. But uh, I think most of America and most of NFL fans outside of the Bay Area people will be going for the Lions in this one. Yeah, I think a lot of people will prefer a Ravens versus Lions semi Super Bowl. So. Um, there are a lot of people going for this. I think they're $4.10. That's juicy. It's for real a, juicy, man. For, for a, the for 49ers look – The Lions aren't that, that bad of a team. No, like and the 49ers good. look very beatable by a Packers team which yeah. is so young and so inexperienced. Yeah. By all reports, Debo is going to play, mm-hmm. um, that, that he's going to be okay for tomorrow. But I, I think the Lions, again, you know, of those four teams I was talking about with low-scoring, um, you know, those three that are low-scoring teams – the one that isn't in that list is the Lions. Mm. Um, so, you know, the difference there, the, the Niners do have an excellent defense. The, the Lions defense is been pretty good, but it's not of that kind of same tier, same sort of level. Mm. Um, but they've been competitive. Like Aiden Hutchinson's been on a tear. He's Bro, been he's so good. S- uh, the last couple of weeks. Um, so he's been really good. Uh, I think that Lions offense uh, been very, very good. Um, I'm assuming the weather and – San Francisco is going to be very, very good. I will check that for you. Have a look because it was cold and wet uh, in the in the Packers 49ers game. Obviously, it's not East Coast cold, but still certainly played into it. 14 degrees. That's, uh, that's, I think bar- that's, that's, that's our money. So that's yeah. fucking balmy. And cloudy. So they, it's not going to be too bad. 
Um, so, you know, Lions, an indoor team, um, you know, shouldn't have any advantage, you know, disadvantages having to play outside for this one. Because uh, I feel like they're a high-scoring sp- team. They will score points. They will be able to chase. They will be able to keep pace, I think, with what the 49ers are going to do. I just don't think the 49ers are just going to show up and blow them out of the park and not let them score any points. So I think they'll be competitive. Um, I think 49ers definitely should be favourites. And, you know, it's their, their game kind of to lose. They've kind of built this team. They've gone into this game a couple of times. So, um, you know, it's ready for them to capitalise on getting a win. Um, but I like the Lions. I like the Lions too, and I don't want to put an esky curse on a team that's four dollars yeah. to one. But it it'll be so good for football, mm-hmm. and we think about scripts. It'll be sick. storyline. Super Bowl logo. Jack Goff needs to go to another Super Bowl. So. Yeah, that'd be poetic. Uh, Super Bowl logo. I don't know if you've seen the the chat mm-hmm. around that. Oh, now. the colours. Yeah, the colours have lined up. Yep. sort of the last, for the last three. Yeah. years. yeah. And then you go back to the Tom Brady. One and that well, they just were numbers back then. They didn't put colours on. <laughs> I think it's a pretty mediocre chap, yeah. but you know, you see patterns. Well, yeah, the Buffalo guys were sacrificing a dude in a pit, and they yeah, did it work? It did it work? So no, no. let's sacrifice him to our guns. Mm, yeah, when we did it in the thirties. Uh, yeah, Super Bowl uh, logo chat would suggest that it will be a Ravens 49ers Super Bowl, uh, a repeat of about 11 years ago uh, when the lights went out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go Lions too. I don't know if that's my head talking or, you know, I'd just rather see it as a, well, it as a brothers, fan of the game. Yeah, it was the Harbaugh brothers playing off against each other. That's right. Yeah, that's right. We'll get to Jim in a minute. He's back. Uh, 49ers have seven NFC titles, five Super Bowls. They're trying to go for, for eight mm-hmm. NFC titles. Mm-hmm. With this one, Zach Ertz does get added to the Lions roster. Does that mean Sam Laporta, is he good to go? Or? He's good to go there. Second string tight end has been injured and I think they've put him on injured reserve. Mm-hmm. So Ertz has come off – he's kind of on the active roster, I think, to fill in as a, as a tight end too. Um, but, you know, he's a talent that they might sneak in a few packages to – See if they can, you know, surprise this 49ers defense. I can mm. definitely see, um, you know, Ben Johnson over there doing that. And he's uh, been – looks like he's well on track to be a head coach. Um, we'll get to him in a second. But, yeah, I, I like a lot of what they do and we'll have to see. All right. I'm going Lions-Chiefs Super Bowl, you're saying? Lions-Ravens for me. Poor 49ers. No love, I can't, no love down under. No, no. And I, I can't back anyone from the West. So it's against my blood. Uh, and what was my stat there? Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, uh, and now Jared Goff are the only QBs in NFL history of 14-plus wins in a season with multiple teams. So, Incredible. Yeah, Pretty elite good, company there yeah, for, some good for names Jared to be Goff. a part of, yeah. And I think he's re- – just think about his storyline. He's done a great job come, you know, essentially being seen as not good enough to win a Super Bowl, being traded for Stafford, who then goes on to win that Rams Super Bowl, um, for the Lions to kind of commit to him and what he does and – um, commit to that team going forward. Uh, for him, you know, to potentially make it all the way to Super Bowl the Lions would be uh, a great storyline, I think. Let's uh, look at next year. Uh, a lot of coaching announcements this week. So, as Affa mentioned, well, Jim. Eight, eight jobs, I think, in total were available. So, yeah. yeah. And a few few got filled and a few mm. are close to being filled. Jim yeah. Harbour, confirmed new Chargers coach, played for great, the Chargers. for them. I hate the head coach. <laughs> The quality of head coach in AFC West is very, it's very It's heading good. up, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Um, I, I think I feel bad for Antonio Pierce that he looks over and he's got, uh, you know, these kind of quality of coaches he's got to go up against for six games of, in a year. 
But, yeah, it's pretty impressive. Um, so Jim returning to uh, his former team, he did play for the Chargers for two seasons. Two seasons, yep. Uh, yeah, back in San Diego that was. But, um, you know, he goes joined there. I think he fits perfectly for what they kind of need uh, at this stage. You know, someone that can be really good for Herbert but then also can maybe get some more out of that defence and give some leadership and grit, as you will, into that team. Achieved everything, obviously, uh, culminating with a national championship with Michigan. Uh, it's it's going to make the AFC West even more interesting. And we've got this uh, this possibly generational talent in Justin Herbert and maybe underutilised uh, in in his first few years. Uh, a, a defence which is uh, a sneaky good and, and some reasonable skill positions around Herbert. So be interesting to see what Jim Harbaugh can add to the mix. Uh, they've, they've really been an underachiever in terms of talent uh, mm-hmm. since mm-hmm. since Herbert's been yeah. in the league. Do we have some big question marks and contracts because they're big contracts for Allen, Eckler's off contract. Um, what do they do with Mike Williams' big contract? Um, they do have a high first-round pick. Do they go receiver and move on some of these old dudes? Yeah, it'd be very, very interesting. Dave Canales uh, mm-hmm. goes uh, to the Panthers. He'll be the new head coach. He'll team up with Dan Morgan. Uh, mm-hmm. Both of them have got history at Seattle. Seattle. Yeah, Seattle. Dan Morgan played for the Panthers as well as middle linebacker. Um, was one of the, the early, like, uh, you know, you think of Brian Erlacher. Uh, Dan Morgan was, you know, one of the guys that was there and, and competing as one of the top inside linebackers at the time. Um, you know, one of my... Favorite players for a guy that loves quarterback play, uh, linebacker play, linebacker play. Sorry, um, and um, their head coach, I believe, is the Bengals OC from memory. Um, I think that's where he's been coaching. Of late. He's only young. Dave Canales, forty-two. Uh, Bucks. Yeah, Bucks. So Bucks. he's a Buccaneers. So he resurrected Baker Mayfield, and what was the season before? Uh, Seattle, Seattle. Gen- Geno, Smith. Geno Smith. So he's got some – and that's why they think, you know, pair him, young dude, with Ross Bryce Young, young and, and see if they can build him into an elite quarterback. So, yeah, a bit of an interesting hire um, for both of them. Mm. Um, uh, and we know the Panthers uh, owner is a bit of an interesting character, <laughs> let's, let's say. Um, so he wants these fingers in the pies a little bit. Uh, so he's got some young fellas in there that – Hopefully aren't just yes men, um, but they definitely have uh, some pedigree and some talent to back it up. Titan's going to hire Bengals offensive coordinator. Uh, he did Brian get hired. Callahan. <laughs> yeah, he's the next one, so I should have read the next point. Um, so, yeah, of course, been doing an excellent job over there with uh, with the Bengals. Um, and same same point, will he, you know, work well over there with Will Levis, um, trying to get the best out of him as probably their quarterback of the future going forward. Um, and another young coach. Oh. I was going to say, seeing a lot of uh, theme here with, with younger young guys. Coaches, young a lot of these guys yeah. sort of uh, in their late 30s, early 40s. Mm-hmm. Kellen Moore uh, getting the oh, offensive coordinator job for the Eagles. So the Eagles, I just put that in there because the Eagles cleared house after their comp- collapse. It looks like, well, Kellen Moore confirmed will be their OC for the Eagles. And it looks like Vic Fangio uh, is also going to go be their DC. Um over there, so after leaving the Finns last week, uh, I think that makes it closer to home for him as well. So that was one of the reasons why the Dolphins let him go. Glad um, Nick Sirianni kept his job. There was a lot of sort of rhetoric around them yeah. sacking him. I think that would be really, really stiff uh, given the Give bloke. him another year. The, the bloke was a couple of plays away from having a Super Bowl yeah. ring last year. Exactly. 
But it is the not for long leg for a not good for reason, long, and because it's not for long. Yeah, if if they think they can get a good head coach to put them over the edge, they would make the changes. But um, no one's really uh, jumped up and down. Raheem Morris, not official, but like likely to get Falcons. I think it's official. I think it even says there. He says it's official. There um, we go. So yeah, he will join uh, as head coach for the Atlanta Falcons, and I think he makes it the fifth head coach. Uh, from the 2013 Washington Redskins um, uh, coaching staff under Mike Shanahan. So pretty coaching trees. The coaching tree, yeah. Um, so to have five active head coaches at the moment from that tree is pretty impressive. There's a cool little parallel there for any uh, league fans that, that might mm-hmm. be in as well and mm-hmm. you've seen all these uh, hirings of, of ex-Penrith guys, mm-hmm. yep. uh, you know, Seraldo uh, and, and Webster come to mind. So, yep. so, so it's kind of similar. It's... Kind of similar, kind of different. You know, uh, the NFL, it's really play-by-play and what these yeah. guys do has a huge impact in, in the game. But Coaching really matters. It's a, it's a reasonable comparison there that if you're under a good coach and under a good system, you can generally bring that to yeah, well, another city. Give some credit to Mike Shanahan at the time coming, you know, I had I think a year or two off um, from Denver and uh, instead of bringing back guys that he knew or that, he went super young with his staff. Mm. Um and obviously he definitely had the right kind of skill set and the right kind of talent there. It's just unfortunate he probably didn't see that job out long enough um, before he was getting – got the boot um, to, you know, maybe capitalise on the, the capability that they had there. Now Ben Johnson is he – He's Lions OC, so that's why he hasn't officially signed because mm, he's got a game. He's got a, yeah, he's got a team still. But it's almost certain that he will be the commander's next head coach. These headlines that I've got here, pretty much foregone conclusion is already hired in air quotes. Uh, so it looks like it's uh, all but official. Again, young guy, 37 years of age, Ben Johnson. And that I think only leaves the Seattle Seahawks mm. without a head coach. Um, so when you think, you know, Pete Carroll really didn't get a look in anywhere. Bill Belichick had a couple of interviews for the Falcons. Um, but, you know, can't get a job. He's probably going to have to take a year um, relaxing. Oh, he'd probably get on commentary somewhere oh, sure. <laughs> if, if, if he really wants to. Um, but, yeah, it looks like those guys will be out of coaching jobs. No official word on Seahawks. I think Evero they were doing a second interview with, who's the Panthers DC at the moment. So oh. uh, a bit of an up-and-comer as well um, there. But nothing official yet for the Seattle Seahawks. So lots has happened in the coaching uh, carousel mm. over the last week. Uh, l- looking forward to these AFC-NFC championship games and really getting down to the the business end of the NFL season, uh, one of our favourite sports. So enjoy. If you've got the uh, luxury of having the, the Monday off mm-hmm. uh, off tomorrow, enjoy. And uh, surely if you're if you're a half fan of, uh, of the NFL, try and get a, a couple of Mondays tomorrow. Uh, uh, a way off for the for the the big one, the Super Bowl. Yeah. And before you go into the NBA, I was just Memvedev got taken the first two sets. Jeez, it's it's two two in the third. We'll get uh, some tennis chat going towards the end of the pod. Mm-hmm. All right, let's uh, let's talk some basketball. What? Are, sorry, they got fifteen overs left in today. That's interesting. Yeah, so Ashwin and Barrett, but uh, they've got one more day. They got to play tomorrow, don't they? Oh yeah, there's no yeah, time yeah. pressure. It's yeah, just, okay, yeah. cool. It's about uh, today's play and mm. and surviving, I suppose, through to tomorrow in the cricket. Yeah, they've got 95 still to get, but they're 100% just in survival mode. So. 100%. All right, let's, uh, let's talk some basketball.
Curry, Curry sets, fires, puts it up, bang! He tried pretty hard today, old Curry. Yeah, got very close. Uh, mm -hmm. One point loss uh, there to the Lakers. Let's start in the East. The Celtics are still on top. Mm -hmm. They have lost again at TD Garden. Um, uh, they were oh, just before the last pod undefeated. They've now uh, lost a couple at home. Yeah. Uh, they still won three on the road this week. Uh, they looked pretty good. I suppose the big story in the East uh, is is the Bucks. So yeah. poor Adrian Griffin. He's a first year coach. They're coming second. They're playing reasonably well, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he uh, and he copped the sack. Um, and an unfortunate sort of quote from him earlier in the year too. Yeah, and. The reports um, on that, like, uh, you know, after losing the um, in-season tournament against the Pacers, that, you know, they had a bit of an airing out, you know, had that sacrifice was required. He needed more from these guys. Sacrifice. Um, so whether that lost some of the players, it looked like Giannis really wasn't kind of gelling with it. Uh, I think Dame was the big one. He was kind mm. of not really sure of how he fit in with their offensive structures. Reportedly. Um, reportedly. Uh, and then the other one was the defensive side was, you know, they, they were still winning and mm. offensively were statistically really, really good. Um, I'm just laughing at your 114 losses there. Uh, yeah, that's um, a total. A little, little time there. They're <laughs> uh, 32 and 14. Yes. Uh, but they – I think it's kind of hard to criticise on their, where they are defensively at the moment considering they did trade away their best defensive player. Yeah. And holiday. So um, I think, yeah, probably a bit stiff. If they were, you know, hovering around play-in space, like, you know, eight, nine, ten. Like yeah, you'd, you'd, under, you'd, you'd understand it. In fact, it would be suspected. Yeah. And the other side of it, you know, they hired Doc Rivers as his replacement. So he comes in, um, has a, a great kind of history and story but also he's only won one championship and yeah, he's kind of been still, living off it. So. Oh. <laughs> but he, he's still definitely a, a quality uh, that, For mine, coach, like, that's like an Aaron Rodgers kind of argument. Like, oh, uh, bro, he only won one Super Bowl. Yeah, I guess so. But if you're looking for a dude to take you over the edge, um, would you be looking for like the Bill Belichick's of the world that have, you know, won multiple rings? As well, yeah, the, he had Tom Brady, bro. Uh, true, true. I know. I think it's a good hire. I think it's really unfortunate for Adrian Griffin, yeah, a young young coach in the league who has not done anything wrong no. unless you sort of believe uh, media speculation in that he'd lost the locker room, quote, unquote. Uh, but it's it's a hard job. Who want to be a head coach when yeah. you, you're coming second in a in a stacked East uh, uh, just behind and, a Celtics team? And he maybe was having the right message, as in like it's quality, you know, very talented team, a lot of, lot of – um, stars in there, his message of, you know, we need to play harder, play tougher um, was probably the correct message but it wasn't getting through to the players. So do you bring in a Doc Rivers who that message, it's probably the same message, mm. does it hit home more, does it get more buy-in uh, is maybe what the ownership thought there of why they've made that change. Um, now considering Doc was available because I believe he was just doing commentary. Mm. Yeah, he was. 25 years of coaching experience, obviously uh, that one ring with the Celtics – Again, if you want to argue, he's not a great coach uh, mm -hmm. in in air quotes. Certainly not my words, but you, <laughs> you know people people can argue it. Yeah. Uh, that team did feature the likes of KG, Paul Pierce, Rajon Rondo, Ray Allen. So pretty handy handy blokes uh, to be to be coaching there. 76ers, Joel Embiid continues his 30-point streak. Mm -hmm. uh, that's 22 in a row now, including a 70-burger. 
against the Spurs, Victor Wembanyama. Welcome yep. to the league. Yep. You may be him one day, son, but you're not quite him Ooh. just yet is what Joel is saying. Victor, to his credit, did put up 30 in this yep. one himself. But uh, I've been on the Joel MVP train for a few few weeks leading into this and uh, I think it's a no-brainer now. I think barring an injury, uh, we're looking at the at the most valuable player in the league. Uh, I think the question's also like will he miss too many games that will then cause him potential issues? Because I lead into that. because This one against Denver. Because he missed one against Denver and it's the fourth year in a row he hasn't played in Denver. He's scared he's... Well, the last time he played there, Joker hit him with a, a late two-point dagger to, to win the game with a second to go. So um, maybe uh, whether it's the altitude or something that, you know, it's not real great for Embiid so during a regular season game, who cares? But having hey, said hey, that… Siri, what's the highest point in Cameroon? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, she's listening. <laughs> uh, but having said that, like… Um, <laughs> thank you, Matt Cameroon. Thank you, Siri. Uh, I wonder if… The point is, though, he's probably going to have to play in Denver at some point anyway. Mm. Like if he has a playoff series having to play against… Um, well, it'd be a finals. Well, it'd be a finals. But mm. if you want to win a finals in Denver or in it, you're going to have to play in Denver. Um, so it's quite interesting that it is the one place he hasn't played at um, for the last… Uh, Four years. years. Yeah, so… I suppose when does uh, stats like that, does it lean off coincidence and start becoming something that you, you want to uh, look at? I feel like it's less that he… I don't think he because he played the Nuggets a couple, like a week or so ago, like in, but in, in Philly. Philly. So I don't think it's the team. I, I think it's probably the location, um, and whether he's got sickle cell or something like that, they're not telling anyone about that. You know that he can't go, you know, high altitude. But you'd that's think that's huge. Yeah, I've, I'm, you know, some players have it. I know Ryan Clark had it mm. um, when he played for Pittsburgh Steelers and had a you know big episode. But you know, whether that's something, and they, they just don't want to risk him being playing in Denver. Who knows? No, I'm hearsay, but it's kind of interesting that it is the one team hasn't played there in four years. Um, what's the reasoning besides, you know, arguably the two MVPs going up against each other? So. <laughs> I'm going to go not tinfoil hat on this one and just say <laughs> he was uh, hasn't been healthy, but it's it's starting to become a little conspicuous. That's for sure. Well, the the Denver fans were expecting it. They had signs there like missing. <laughs> where where signs. is he? Yeah. Sure. yeah, they were all ready. They knew he wasn't going to show up. So That's funny. Uh, Nick's bit of bad news today. Uh, Julius Randle dislocated his shoulder. We'll have to sort of keep an eye on that over the next 24 to 48 hours. Uh, concern there is for, for labrum mm-hmm. damage. So we saw Jar uh, putting a line through his season. Surgery, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, what, 10 days ago. Mm-hmm. So uh, the concern there is for a label tear. Uh, time will tell, I suppose. Didn't look good, that's for sure. It's a shame because, you know. They've been. Yeah, Stephen A's been believing. He's yes, been believing. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what the what the go is with Julius uh, in the coming days. Still a long season to go, though. That's for sure. Cavs still been pretty good. They're nine and two in two thousand twenty four. They did beat Milwaukee this mm-hmm. uh, this uh, week. Mm-hmm. The big news is uh, Tristan Thompson copping twenty five games for doping. We did look mm-hmm. just before uh, there was one Sam like peptide in there uh, and. One sort of uh, we're not real big on the on the name on the scientific names, but it was a HGH like uh, yeah. substance that that was found in his blood work. Yeah, so you get a nice long suspension there. You did actually remind me back on to Adam Griffin with his getting sacked. Um, Adrian Griffin. Adrian Griffin, sorry, uh, because I think it was a Detroit Pistons game that broke the, their back. They were, mm. um, I guess, they didn't lose that game, but it wasn't. 
a very good showing from them at yeah. all. Yeah, I remember the one um, that they and just they, got past them. Yeah, and then Lopez, I think, was blowing up and they I think they had a lot of blow-ups on the sideline. I th- think that was the, the last straw, which then, you know, there was obviously, there was obviously something going on um, and then they've had to make a change. The straw that broke the proverbial camel's back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pascal Siakam, Spicy P, has got his first triple dub. Uh, got it against the Sixers in a win there for the Pacers. Didn't have the best start to his Pacers um, tenure, but uh, it seems like he's got things together. I think they look pretty dangerous with him yeah. there. Yeah. Heater on a six-game losing streak. They're seventh in the East. Uh, Has Jimmy Beam been playing for him? He, he has been, I think, but uh, hasn't been playing his usual minutes. Magic are four and ten um, in in two thousand twenty four. Not quite looking like the side they were uh, earlier in the year. Rounding out the uh, the bottom uh, seven is Bulls, Nets, Hawks, Raptors. Still have a sniff, and then uh, season done for Hornets, Wizards, Pistons. I think. All right, over to the West. The the Thunder, the Thunder OKC. They've taken first with a five game win streak, uh, including a massive win mm-hmm. against the Timberwolves. Uh, they're thirty two and thirteen and lead the West. Josh Giddy uh, becomes the third youngest player in NBA history mm-hmm. to reach a thousand assists. Uh, he is behind uh, LeBron and Stephen Marbury. Uh, thank you, Chaos Legend, for the five bucks. He says, couple of good-looking roosters on me, Telly. Uh, he's uh, probably not watching the Esky. He must just have the, <laughs> the audio going for the Esky and, uh, I don't know, has the Bachelor on or some shit there. But uh, Maybe he has some chat, GPT, some AI shit over the top of us making us look good. Mm, need to be some strong algorithms there, <laughs> I reckon. Uh, he, he thinks Kansas City uh, for, the, for the Super Bowl. Uh, loving the content. Uh, keep up the amazing work. Thank you, Chaos Legion. There, um, yeah, it's that was my argument with with mm. Kansas City is uh, is that they've got the they've got the records. They've got the runs on the boards. Uh, well, they are the, they are the team. The other quarterbacks haven't haven't sniffed a Super Bowl. So yeah, I'd, I think um, you know they're the one with the the most veterans, as you will, that have that kind of playoff experience. Always going to be very difficult to get past them. Back to the basketball, the T-Wolves, uh, they, they dropped a second uh, with uh, OKC going past them. Carl Anthony Towns, 62 in a loss mm-hmm. against the Hornets. We saw 60 was not a num- good number to put yeah, up this yeah. week. Drop 60, you lose. Drop 70, you win. <laughs> uh, that was the thing. I think if you watch some of the back end of this game, um, they push really hard to, I think, get a – there was some record, like maybe a team record they're trying to get for um, for, for Cat. Uh and essentially, the Hornets knew it. They were triple teaming him. <laughs> yeah. It was like he got the ball, they were just all rushing to him and they were just causing turnovers. And um, he had a really luckless back end of that game and, um, you know, they had a good lead and they just let it all whittle away and the Hornets ended up winning the game. So um, I think their coach was very scathing afterward that they lost their way completely trying to push, um, you know, records over trying to win the game. Suns had the same thing happen. Devin Booker put up 62. They did lose the Pacers, who we just spoke about, uh, looking looking pretty good. Uh, it just goes to show that basketball is a team sport and sometimes the, the individual yep. accolades don't necessarily translate into team success. Um, having said that, the Mavericks, uh, they're, they're sitting eighth, but we've got to talk about the Luka game. Mm-hmm. 73 Seems points he put up um, yesterday. That's tied fourth for most in a game in mm-hmm. NBA history. Yep. Will... 100, don't think that's ever getting broken. That's kind of Bradman-like, 1962. The Kobe yeah. game back in 06, 
And then Wilt uh, also has uh, the third highest uh, with 78 in 1961. And the fourth. <laughs> well, yes, tied with tied now with Luca. So Wilt, Wilt's name in there a fair bit. If you look at the top 20, there's lots of Wilt Chamberlain there. But fourth, tied fourth now belongs to Wilt Chamberlain twice, David Thompson and Luca. Uh, and now it means in the last 12 months we've seen three 70-plus uh, point games in the NBA. Uh, Luca joining Spider Mitchell and Dame last year. Did you see some of Luca's points in this? Yeah, crazy. Uh, and well, some also very easy. Just, yeah, just, just driving to the <laughs> driving to the hole and just in, which makes me <laughs> no defense. <laughs> well, that's what that's the point that I wanted to to raise. Yeah. We've seen three seventy plus in the last twelve months. Mm. Seventy used to seem like it was insane. insane. It was like this big tall guy uh, used to do it, um, you know, and rooted thousands of cheeks mm-hmm. and, Kobe, <laughs> and Kobe. Like that was like that was like the two guys that that yeah. used to score seventy. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, okay, like modern guys can do it. Yeah. Now, there's, I'm not saying that – I'm saying, you know, I've always said on this podcast, Luca is a top three, top oh, five guy talent. in the league. Definitely. But I think the defence certainly plays into the yeah. fact that we're seeing it happen more and yeah. more. Oh, I agree. And you see some of the high – like 140-point games for both sides. And I think just regular seeing basketball, they just play for more the – Turnover miss shot game than mm. um, trying to play like hard physical defense. That's that's come finals. That's playoff time. Yeah, they, they, they play the hard physical defense. They just you know let him score. Uh, we'll get the ball back. We'll go down our end. We'll score, and then if they come back, we'll try to get the rebound. Um, we'll try and cause a turnover in that space um, to get us you know ahead in the scoreboard instead of trying to limit points. It's you know more play the turnover game and um, get rebounds um, and do it that way. And so it's happy sick. Like it makes for good viewing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you definitely get some, uh, you know, good shots, decent dunks, and th- etc. But then you see a bunch of let's call them whiffs, <laughs> turnstiles, as you will, just let guys just run straight straight down the paint, and then you know put it on get easy boards. So um, yeah, they, me, I, I'm a defensive guy at heart. So <laughs> to, to me, it sports, hurts me a little bit. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I like the hard physical type of contests. Um, so like I think I said during the week, it's. You know, defenses for playoff time, and uh, we'll see it come out then. It's funny that you, you're leaning towards the defense in uh, in a sport that uh, you know we, we neither it's predominantly scoring. Yes, well, and, and neither of us have really played, uh, yeah. which, which is interesting. It's just yeah. just where the heart goes, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. certainly leaned towards the offensive the show around. pony <laughs> kind of yes. uh, bravado <laughs> so, yes. side of things, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, going down uh, past the Mavs, uh, we've got Jazz and Lakers sitting around 500. Rockets. Lakers did, of course, go to double overtime today. Yeah, got to talk beat, about that. To beat the Warriors um, with LeBron getting a triple-double as well in that to do it. And so Steph ripping his jersey, jersey coming out. Yeah. Visibly upset. Yeah, they're struggling. And, um, you know, those questions about are we wasting the remainder of um, Steph Curry's career here? Does he want to, you know, change your venue? That's what I want to ask you. Yeah. Could you see Steph Curry wearing a different jersey in 24-25? It, it, it'll be, you know, it, same question they asked LeBron. Like, does he want to create some super team somewhere to potentially add to his titles? Mm. Or, you know, the other side is it do they, maybe not clear house, but, you know, do they make changes? Are they, like Draymond hit AD in the head again today, so throwing some arms again. Um uh, is he too detrimental to the club? As an example, does he need to go? And mm. you know, do you get value for him? Yeah, when's then, enough? Enough? Yeah, exactly. And, and which club wants to actually take a punt on this guy, yeah. which is is sh- you know showing time and time after mm. uh, again mm. in recent memory that that he's got a hot head. Mm. Yeah, and you know the other guys on the team, are, 
are they kind of getting slightly long in the tooth? Do the, do we try to capitalize on the fact they still are really good name value? We're talking about Clay, yeah, talking Clay Thompson. Yeah, you know, can they? Do we get return on him now to try to invest in Curry, or do they think? Maybe Clay's the guy, and do we get value out of Curry and try to know. try to build another team? I, like from from every Warriors game that I've watched, and I hate to say it because the guy's done an ACL and an Achilles, yes. and you, that plays into it. But yeah. as clubs look at it, I I think they might be thinking, well, this guy's way past his prime. Yeah, you yeah. know, maybe maybe we do need to move on and and, mm-hmm. and try to mm-hmm. get good value. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and there'd be plenty of clubs that would love to have. Him in the side. Yeah, just uh, one year deal, get around the young blokes, you know, especially any team that's drafted Mm -hmm. some some (laughs) sort of perimeter players. They they definitely get picks. Talking about the stroke, yeah. Get some value back at it that maybe they can retool quickly enough to maybe make another run with Curry. So the question would be, well, does Curry want to wait around for that retooling, rebuilding process, as you will? You know, is it going to take two years, maybe maximum? If he's not that keen, then yeah, he. He might be looking to go elsewhere. I'm just looking up how old Steph is. 35, man. He, yeah. I don't think he should be waiting around. Yeah, I think if uh, if another team comes a comes a knocking, he should should be picking. Who did up. we say the other week? It wasn't Lakers, was it? Maybe it was Lakers. Oh, for Steph. Yeah, I think we've spoken multiple times about them them lacking uh, mm. a true point guard. Mm. Uh, LeBron obviously can can play the play the point, but yeah. probably best uh, uh, as a three. LeBron um, and Curry to go. Fuck, it'd be nice to see. And Bronny next year. Yeah, yeah true. Uh, Grizz done, I think. Jarred uh, getting hurt last yeah. uh, last week. Um, Bla- Blazers and Spurs playing for draft picks. And then final note there was Adam Silver. All the reports is getting another contract extension, uh, which probably will see him out to the end of the decade. So, you know, good job for him. I think he's been doing a pretty good job there for the NBA. Yeah. It seems to be growing. Yes, it's losing pace with the NFL, but it's – I don't think anything can compete with a juggernaut now. It's it's, I think it's grown so quickly and so much that it, it doesn't matter. The, the other sports just need to focus on what they do and what they do well, um, and continue to grow as best they can. Um, I'm trying to think how long Adam Silver's been there because I feel like the whole time I've followed the NBA, he's he's been no been the commission. He, I don't think he was more recent than me. Yeah, that's more. Honest. 2016. 1914. 2012. David yeah. Stern. No, I remember David Stern, yeah. but it's still fucking. 12 years. Yeah. 12 years and, and yeah, David Stern before that. Well, yeah. And Stern was a commissioner for ages. Mm-hmm. 84. <laughs> so we've had two. Yep. We've had two in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Incredible. That's it for the NBA? Yep. All right. Let's some soccer and then in the final round. Let's talk some soccer. Dude, with all the wickets that Joseph took in that cricket match... Every mm. time he jumped up, I just wanted him to do a sue for one of them. <laughs> he, he, did his, he did his fist, you know. He, he gets some air, and, Yeah. But I was just like, oh, as he ran away, I was like, is he going to do a sue here? And then, oh, damn it. Uh, Australia beat Uzbekistan 1-0. There was a reasonably contentious handball, although by the letter of the law, uh, I think that's a penalty. Yep. You saw it play out on the on the replay. Yeah, I was watching Your it on a, on a little screen while sitting on the dunny, and I couldn't <laughs> really see it as much. And maybe that's what everyone, mid train. Yeah, maybe that's what everyone else was kind of seeing. Like it was a bit hard to see. I think if you had it on the big screen and we're looking at it, you could definitely see there's a little little, little, de- little deviation. And if it's the hands, 
You look at the rule book, handball. So, um, yeah, they, uh, that's where it becomes contentious because recently... Is it a place kick or is it a... No, nah, they've recently made some sort of thing about if you're in the natural... Uh, like accidental. Yeah, like, accident. So if, if your hand's in a natural position... Uh, like and on the ground bracing yourself. Correct, and mm. it hits your hand. Rolls maybe, over your hand. Maybe it's not a handball. From my, again, we've sort of. But why we grew up with soccer? <laughs> touch yeah, it with hands. Exactly. If it touches, <laughs> if it touches your hand, it's a it's a handball. Why, why do I have to think make more more of these things grey? <laughs> if anything, they should be making things more black and white. <laughs> yes. More black and white. Rule one, section A. Yeah. Subsection. Actually, I. but then also the. If the it hits your hand, it's a fucking handball. Yeah, but you know your hand is also up to your elbow, so. <laughs> Well, and that, that's where a lot of it comes into it. It's forearms always been elbow. Uh, for, forearms, forearms always been hand. Yeah. I'm a physio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from, from watching it, 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 I don't know, maybe I've got my green and gold glasses on, but it seemed, seemed yeah. uh, pretty cut and dry to mine. Yeah. From what we understand football and soccer to be, to me, yeah, handball. It's a big, uh, big, big uh, decision. However, it's not the worst thing in the world uh, for Uzbekistan mm. because they will face Thailand. Yep. Uh, it didn't mean that because of the way that it works with the the third place teams and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they haven't drawn a huge huge name in uh, in terms of the rounds uh, round of sixteen. Yeah. Having said that, there's a few spicy matchups, uh, mm-hmm. especially Saudi Arabia and South Korea. Yep. So, so uh, Korea did not win their group; they finished second Jeez. behind Bahrain. What uh, was the result that they? Oh, they drew with Malaysia. Damn. Yeah, they drew with Malaysia, and that was late. Uh, so yeah, here it is, ninety minutes plus fifteen. So again, and that's after they scored a penalty. They scored to, Son, sco- to, to Son to scored a penalty, <laughs> and again, this is modern football. Apparently, you can have fifteen <laughs> minutes of injury time, which boggle, well, well, boggles where, where, them all. Where are they playing it? Where in in Qatar? Yeah, so it's probably fucking hot. So they're having lots of drinks breaks. So I understand why they're, they're, they're <laughs> the first ninety minutes was probably slow, but fifteen minutes. Yeah. Yes. Insanity. <laughs> Having said that, South Korea should be putting away Malaysia, you know, seven times a week and twice on Sundays. So, agree, agree. so they've dug their own grave there. Especially and, with Son playing in the team. Yeah. And on paper, I was looking at them, uh, South Korea and Japan are leaps and bounds ahead mm. of any other team in the Asian Japan Cup. Japan make it through? Yeah, Japan's, Japan's gone through. They also didn't. Did they finished second? Yeah, they didn't go through uh, unscathed. Yeah, We're talking about this. Iraq. They lost to Iraq. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'll be able to tell you who they got. Japan has Bahrain. Mm, okay. So uh, that's that's interesting in itself that mm-hmm. uh, because both Japan and South Korea finished second, had one of them finished first, they could have got each other. Yeah. So. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So, <laughs> interesting. So, wait, wait, are they on the other sides of the draw? Now? They are. <laughs> they are. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> it's not – I don't think it's just – going to be uh you know the the east asian nations in, in yeah. japan and south korea i think you've got to be really worried about qatar they won the thing last time Ooh. uh it's a it's a home mm. thing for them they mm. went through reasonably unscathed in the group stage and uh oh no i was bad mouthing him uh last week but the saudis uh given the the meteoric rise of their own league um mm-hmm. i think uh you've got to be keeping an eye on them but yeah it is interesting how this round of 16 played out because you've got some relatively 
weak teams on paper playing each other in in the Emirates and Tajikistan, Mm -hmm. Iraq and Jordan. Uh, They're on our side of the draw. So uh, There's a spicy matchup there for Australia in the quarterfinals. We get past Indonesia. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah, look, it's our three on So all of those teams that we wouldn't mind getting uh, Mm. in the aforementioned uh, Tajiks, Emiratis, Mm. Iraqis and Jordanis, uh, provided we get past Indonesia tonight, we are short favourites. We're a dollar fifteen, I think, something mm-hmm. along those lines. Uh, that we're ten thirty, ten thirty. So it's about half half an hour away um, at time of recording. Um, yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to face the music with uh, with either the Saudis or the Koreans mm-hmm. um, uh, on on Friday night, and uh, and one of them is gonna get sent packing. Mm-hmm. Other side of the draw, Iran, Syria. Uh, mm-hmm. Interesting, Bahrain. Japan, you'd think Japan get through Bahrain, but they've just topped their group. Qatar, Palestine, so all the shit that's going on in the world, good on Palestine for for being there, and Uzbekistan, Thailand. So it's really interesting the way that it's panned out with a few big nations uh, getting each other and and a few of the minnows uh, getting each other. So we'll Mm -hmm. see, uh, you know, the likes of of Thailand or Tajikistan or or Palestine, one of the minnows is going to be in the quarterfinals. Yep. A little bit of EPL. There hasn't been much. There's been a bit of FA Cup. I think Tottenham's gone for the FA Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, poor Ange and, and whatnot. Uh, sort of, you know, sticking to that theme of Spurs never winning fucking anything. Yeah. Um, Ivan Tony scored a free kick in his comeback game. He was banned for eight months uh, for gambling breaches. Uh, he lifted the shirt and it was shout out to, I don't know, Uncle Brian or someone. Yeah. <laughs> a few funny memes getting around. <laughs> he had it. Uncle Brian, you know, got his multi up on him <laughs> in the score of free kick or whatever. It's a fucking good free kick and uh, good to see good to see Ivan Tony back in uh, in the Premier League. Uh, no Premier League uh, games until midweek. It's been FA Cup. Uh, but uh, a few big stories in, in terms yeah. of the EPL. Coaches. Yeah, well, Jurgen Klopp uh, really out of the blue saying that he's going to leave Liverpool. Step down. At the end of the season, going to step down. Um, a, it's interesting that he's that he said he's he's gonna he's gonna part ways with the Reds. Uh, but B, the the big question, I suppose, leads to where's he going to end up? And a lot yeah, of people, not, well, who's going to coach the Reds? Well, who's going to coach Liverpool? But um, where's where's Jurgen going? He's 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 achieved a lot with Liverpool already, and uh, a lot of the a lot of the chatter online seems to be German national team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that uh, that's a good role. They, they tend to win a little bit too. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, Leverkusen as well uh, is head of uh, Bundesliga at the moment. Bayern Munich keeping up with them, but uh, it's a two-horse race over there. Oh, We've spoken you – know, the, yeah, the dominance. Well, the history of the Eski, it's only been Bayern <laughs> Munich that's yeah. won uh, the Bundesliga. So it would be really interesting to see if Leverkusen can push them, uh, you know, come come May. Yeah. Uh, yes. And the final one there was the Barcelona coach as well uh, – Looking to leave in the end of the season, June. Uh, um, as well, so another big club, a big name uh, spot opens up there too. So Javi's announced that he will step down as uh, Dune. Uh, I'm Scottish all of a sudden. <laughs> Z- uh, Javi will, will step down as Barcelona head coach. Um, there's no no uh, confirmation as to where he will go. He's called it uh, an unpleasant job. He said it's been an impossible reality. Obviously, Barca. Uh, been facing a bit of financial music over the last couple of years, uh, and he he achieved everything you can achieve with both uh, both Barcelona and the Spanish nas- national team. Mm. So it's be interesting to see where where he where he ends up. Yep, agree. Uh, that gambling thing made me remember that uh, there's a story this week 
um, from a Patriots receiver. Um, is it Kayshawn Bonnet? Is that how you say his last name? Mm. Boot, maybe? Boot. Uh, so he's been arrested for illegal gambling while at LSU. Mm-hmm. He made 9,000 illegal bets. 9,000? Yes, including six on LSU. <laughs> my sports bet. <laughs> yeah, including six on LSU football games that he played in. Uh, so it's, dumb, it's one of the biggest breaches, um, say, uh, for betting you could think of. Some, some so they're illegal bets. I wonder how many legal bets he made as well. well I imagine so it sounds like illegal. he's been playing a lot of bets. So, yeah. It's funny, isn't it? We, we, we've spoken about him and, and some of it's like, oh, man, they – like it's it's silly because they yeah, bet it on baseball or yeah, whatever. And yeah, you shouldn't be gambling, but betting on your own team six times. <laughs> come on, man! Come on, man! He loves a punt by the sounds of it. Yeah, too much, and that's that's past my, me letting it go through the keeper. Where I've just got to say you're an absolute nuffy. Yes. That should lead us into the final round, I think. Let's do the final round. It's a bit of a mixed bag of final round, mm-hmm. uh, but we do have to talk uh, first about some UFC. I think from USC 297, really we all only have to talk about the main fight. The the bantamweight fight between the ladies ended up being a bit of a snooze fest, unfortunately, with Pennington taking the belt there. Um, I think she'll get – what's the other lady's name? Penne? Penne? It's not Penne. That's the pasta. <laughs> <laughs> Penne, pasta. Uh, as a potential fight coming up. Um uh, but the big one, of course, was Strickland taking on Not-Faf not uh, Duplessis, mm-hmm. um, Dreykus there, uh, and a bit of a controversial end being split decision. It, it, um, very very uh, controversial, it, I think. Yeah, it was a pretty interesting and close fight. Um, I think Strickland took over the back end of the rounds a bit more um, and I think looked like he had less damage through the first three rounds, but I think he was out-wrestled in the early part of the fight as well. So, so it depends certainly on his, less damage on his face. Yeah, and he really didn't get the, the cut on above his head, which might have been might have been headbutt related. Um, some talk about headbutts as well in this. Um, uh, but it was, I think, razor close. I think, um, what do they give? I can't remember the rounds exactly. I think five was definitely Strickland. One, I think, was... I think it was Strickland. Two and three were – let's just say two and three were the contentious ones. It's like who do you give um, there? Because going into the fifth, it could have been 2-2 two, two or 3-1 um, to Dreykus by that, by that point. But I I've, I felt like it was pretty close to 2-2-ish. Two, two um, so I kind of – I was more in the Strickland camp. I, like I thought he won overall from this fight. Um, and I, I think the, the, the damage on – Duplessis' face kind of uh, evidence of like I think the work that he'd done, um, outstriking him essentially every round. I think was you know, significant strikes was one of the big uh, talking points in there. But again, you got to weigh how much that damage did to the you know the ground control, the the control in that. So um, split decision to me seems like rematch. Seems like you got to run it back. Run it straight back. Um, you know, I think that's kind of fair and makes sense in the in the case of this fight. I think this uh, this fight epitomised a, a lot of talking points that we've had on the podcast mm-hmm, before. Mm-hmm. One know, about scoring, <laughs> one one about, judging, one about <laughs> scoring, and yeah, if if it's a split decision and two guys give it to one, you know, to yeah. give it to Drykus and one guy uh, runs it to runs it to Sean. Does mm. does the sport need to look at how they're officiating yeah. things as a whole? Uh, does you know 
damage, you know, you looked at Drykus's face and if I we saw a, uh, a fight in a... In yeah, a, if you saw them both at the hospital afterwards, who did you pick? Yeah, the, you, you'd say Sean, Sean won the fight. Yes. Do takedowns, you know, what what weight do takedowns yes. play into it? Because uh, Drykus took down Sean better, better multiple, multiple times, I think six times in, mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. the fight and had a lot of the ground control. Do you have to, if you're a... Um, challenger and you're going up against a champ. Yep. Does it need to be unequivocal that you've that yes. you win the fight? Does yep. that does that play into it? Yeah. Watching this fight, I watched it all all five rounds. I scored at three two to Drykus. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. thought that Drykus maintained the the ground control, and whilst he did take a lot of damage and yep. a lot of that was sustained early, I think he did enough. But when you look at the at the significant strikes, it's all Sean Strickland. Yeah. And you look at the comments, a lot of people up in arms and mm-hmm. and thinking that that Sean was. Was robbed and yeah. harshly done by, and especially him. you know of those two, you're probably giving him four and five, which are more the champion, say championship Champ- round. Yes, so as the fight went on longer, he was getting better. So uh, yeah, it's it's hard. I, I I feel like from this fight we didn't get any answers. No, and yeah. to me that just says run it back. So, yeah, run I it, think back. it back. We, we were saying you know does Israel just because of who Israel is does he well, get I, first I, shot at I it? I think the history with. Um, Duplessis as well probably adds to that storyline as why they'll probably move straight to that. But mm. I don't think you can forget about Strickland. I think he's definitely done a really good job in this. And, I, you know, maybe for, for a large percentage of followers, maybe a hard done by but losing his belt. But um, I, I think you could definitely see him having some more fights in that space. I, I, I think if they're not going to run it back straight away, if Israel's still retired – well, if Israel's still retired, I think they should run it back. Um, I don't really think there's any many other options outside of that because we talked about that. And I don't think you run Hamzad up into potentially into that space. Um, I think Duplessis has already cut, killed that down. It's like if it's not the rematch, it's got to be the Israel fight. If Israel's not ready, just do the rematch. You know, there's nothing else really floating around at the moment in that division. Does the UFC need to look at the way that things are officiated? Uh, I think definitely. I think the 10 points system coming from a boxing thing – Still needs to be looked at. I think there's it's a dumb system. I, I, in the case, I love in the, the con- USA, in the context of mixed dumb. martial arts. Yeah, I don't think it's expanded well enough to grow with where as the sport has grown. Um, I think you know you could also increase the judges by three, maybe go five. five. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, and you know, do you have two of those guys not ringside? Maybe a bit more impartial. Maybe they're in a booth somewhere. Mm-hmm. Who? Uh, there's lots of things you could do to make it. Um, a little do, bit more interesting. Yeah, do you encourage and more drawn growth. rounds? But the, the issue I think with most of the judging is that the judges are appointed by the commissions of where they're doing the fights and not all those guys, you know, most of those guys are, are boxing judges. Um, have Now have done hopefully enough mixed martial arts but it has been an issue in the past where not a lot of them knew what they were looking at. So, um, the, you know, that's a big Rogan criticism. He's been on that horse for a yes, very, very yes. long time. So uh, I think for how big the sport's getting and it's only getting bigger – um, they could definitely, considering uh, we didn't talk about this, but their parent company owns them and WWE and WWE is now getting uh, um, a Netflix deal. They're going to be streamed on Netflix. Um, so there's huge money for for potential for UFC to continue to grow. Um, that Yeah, they could definitely, why don't they have their own judges? Mm. You know, do they, can so they get a state commission? Yeah, well, yeah. can they get around the commission? Because mm. obviously, you know, they're using commissions, one in the States and then two all the one around the world. Can they... Um, you know, have something where they run more of their own stuff and get some more more control over it potentially. 
Now, decision aside and all the speculation that comes mm-hmm. with it around mm-hmm. judging and did they get it right and mm-hmm. all the rest of that, this fight in terms of an entertainment value, mm-hmm. absolute war. Yeah, I think it was a great fight. Gave everything that you would expect of, of these yep. two dogs in the octagon yep. and really highlighted a, a – I don't want to say lackluster, but I will say uh, otherwise lackluster card. It was. We talked the, about it leading the, into it. The card wasn't a great card. It wasn't leading into it and uh, and Buena Silva lying lying down and not wanting to stand well, up. And Pennington not really wanting to close and kind of try to finish the fight as well, um, being a bit safe. It was an ordinary fight. It was ordinary. And then the fight before, Neil Magny um, essentially was beaten the entire fight and then uh, Mike – how do you say his last name? Mallot. Mallot. The Canadi- Canadians were 0-6, I think, on this. Were they? Yeah. Because uh, this was in Canada, unfortunately for them. Um, you know, I was winning nearly the entire fight and then it kind of just got greedy and gassed towards the end of the fight there and Neil just changed the position and um, finished him with ground and pound. So, yeah. That, that was, wasn't, that, that wasn't was the only finish on, uh, on the main card. Everything else went the distance. Uh, some of them f- for good reason and mm-hmm. would have loved to have seen uh, around six uh, for, for Drykus and, yeah. and Sean and for, for Pennington and, and, and Bueno Silva, uh, I think uh, I'd had enough by, th- by the end of three. Yeah. Yep, agree. Um, at least 298, very tasty. 299, more tasty. And then you'll see 300 gets tastier, I think, is the, the main one. Yes, well, my one I've got for notes coming up. When is that bulk fight? How far are we? It's only a, uh, it's only a few weeks away. Yeah, yeah. Feb, Feb 18. So, so that's yeah. a pretty, pretty t- nice card. So we'll mm. get into that in the future. But UFC 300, um, interesting ads. Uh, Kayla Harrison, uh, who hasn't fought in the UFC before, she signs a uh, double gold medalist in judo. Um, so, you know, following the Ronda Rousey path, as you will. Uh, does get Holly Home though, that has a history with. Uh, former judo uh, Olympic medalists <laughs> head kicking them into next year, um, so it'll be interesting where that fits into that card. This um, is an insane card. Oh, it's the I they haven't really defined what a main and under card is. The one thing is it's still missing its top fight, I think, and the rumors floating around um, again rumors. Uh, I've seen this in a couple of places, but nothing official. Uh, is Dana is going to announce the 165 and 175 divisions, mm-hmm. getting rid of 170. Mm-hmm. So adding, you know, finally finally completing the suite of every 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Connor and Chandler will fight for the 165 belt, which would be huge if a real story for, for UFC 300. Unconfirmed. Unconfirmed. I think because that's in April, Connor technically will need some exemption from doping to be able to do that. Um, <laughs> uh uh, but you never know. Maybe uh, where they're doing that. That's the it's in Vegas. Yeah, T-Mobile. So he, whether he gets a clearance for that, but there's been from both of them. There's been you know a bit of uh, look here icons uh, emojis and mm. um, big news coming etc. They already have a fight booked technically at middleweight. So I don't know how this is going to work. Um, but that's in you know in June July when. Connor will hit his six months of being in the testing pool. Um, but, you know, whether they can fast track that for USC 300, pay them big money um, for a new division is, would, you know, cherry on top, chef's kiss. Watch this space. Watch this space. Often yeah. these internet rumours do come to fruition. Often yeah. they're, they're There's a bit of smoke. There might be a bit of fire, but we'll see. Uh, and the Roadhouse trailer came out, which uh, is pretty cool. Cool. Um, Connor being, being the main villain, I guess, in there. Um you know, uh, 
Uh, there's a lot of good memes going around about that and going down to the forge in, um, and getting uh, some Guinness in the and then Connor shows up. So um, we'll, we'll, it's looking like an interesting movie. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Good little esky, esky segue from fighting into tennis. Uh, Do you we, want me to give you an update? Yeah, so Medvedev and Sinner currently playing. Sinner got the third. Good. The Good. So I've got some tennis to watch uh, yeah. when we get home. Mm-hmm. It is the first final since 2005 that does not fe- feature Novak Djokovic, Rafael Nadal or Roger Federer. Uh, that's it, that's and insane. It was, and it was Leighton, wasn't it? Versus Leighton versus Marit Safin. Safin won back in 2005. Uh, it's oh, crazy. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> then went into the history of... Roger and his kids playing. <laughs> yeah, his kids playing now. It's uh, it's a lot of history that's mm-hmm. that's um, you know, been undone, I suppose, with with Djokovic losing in the semi-finals. Sinner to, being very to Yannick good. Yannick Sinner. Sinner's been unreal, man. Mm-hmm. If Sabalenka hadn't been so good in in the in the girls, not dropping a set, I yeah. think there might be more chatter good, around yep. how good Yannick Sinner's been. Um, Daniel Medvedev's got a lot of Aussies offside yeah. in recent years with, you know, a bit of crowd yeah, whinging. Yeah, I suppose yeah. being Russian doesn't help things yeah, at the moment is. with the current climate. Um, he, he did uh, He did come back as well. He was down two sets and he won the back three. To against make, Verev. Verev. Yeah, to so make Verev the final, in, the sem- so. in the semi, yeah. So whether Sinak can do the reverse to him would be pretty impressive. But, yeah, that is um, big game, big, big match happening right as we speak and um, we'll have a winner and. Hopefully not by 3 o'clock in the morning. but <laughs> I, I've got a feeling it'll be earlier than that. But a, a changing, of, changing of the guard for sure, oh, uh, at least in, in men's tennis. Yeah, because we were talking about uh, Carlos Alvarez um, potentially, you know, being the guy that to, to push through and um, he, I don't want to say got pumped, but it kind of did. He got it. He got really shown to and um, cleared out of the way. So, yeah, there's uh, some definitely changing of the guard as these older dogs get older. Alcaraz is also twenty. Yeah, he's got he's got a long, you know, he, a long career ahead of him for but, sure. But he's definitely you know one of those new guys coming through that will take over. Sabalenka is looking pretty close to uh, perfect in the girls. Uh, she didn't drop a set, yeah, and she yeah. did it pretty easy last yeah. night. I must admit. I think she only dropped one set last year as well. So yeah. she's a back-to-back champion dropping one set in, in two tournaments, two Grand Slams, as you will. Impressive. Absolutely impressive. She is her. I'm just trying to get an age uh, for for Sabalenka. 25, possibly a, a, a touch older than yeah. than what I'd expected. But there's uh, a good story going around how she told her dad that by 25 she'd have won multiple Grand Slams. That's true. And yeah. the, you know she did an interview. You know, last uh, 24, like just before the Australian Open. It's like I haven't done that yet. And he, her father had passed away uh, a couple of years before mm. that. So she, well, she's 25 now and got two Australian Opens to her name. So. Um, yeah, definitely. And you look at her recent record. The consistency is yeah, incredible. She's, she's uh, definitely up there as one of the best, if not, you know, around that number one spot at the moment for, for women's tennis. This was her 2023, won the Australian Open, final in the US Open, semifinals in French and Wimbledon. Uh, she went to, to the semis or, or further. Uh, in her 2023 mm-hmm. uh, calendar year, it's uh, it's the world is her oyster at the moment, uh, and I think uh, we'll we'll be watching a lot of Arena Sabalenka winning uh, Grand Slams moving forward. Yeah, well, we we're talking about women's tennis last week about you know who's who's replacing those names that we that were gone. Williams and Barty. Yeah, yeah. Williams Barty, etc. You know, again, changing the guard in, in women's tennis too. Um, yeah, maybe there's. Uh, someone, a new queen stepping up to, to take the mantle. 
Rohan Bapana, what's the story around this bloke? He's uh, obviously a bit of a bit of a battler. Forty-three oldest uh, player to win uh, a Grand Slam uh, in the uh, doubles. This in, the, in the doubles uh, with an Australian, with an Australian partner. Um, so he had sixty-one previous attempts at winning a Grand Slam, and he's finally done it. Um, he's been, of course, in and around the, the circuit for a very, very long time. Uh, but yeah, this is his first time ever winning it. Uh, was looking to retire a year or so ago, and um, he thought he was done and his uh, family, his wife encouraged him to keep going. Um, he's still playing good tennis and uh, finally got the job done, winning the doubles Grand Slam there at the tender age of 43. This is nearly uh, so shout, shout a beer worthy. Yes. Rohan Bapana just just got his uh, career career accolades up here. Made the final of the US Open doubles uh, back in 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been to the final a few times, semi-final uh, a multiple uh, amount of times. So good on him. Yep. Uh, finally a Grand Slam uh, champion. Yep. Along with uh, with uh, Aussie Matthew Abdom. There probably wouldn't be many Indian champions. There was a real good doubles Indian player uh, that this is going to test my memory <laughs> now. Uh, doubles men's Indian tennis player is what I'm going to go with. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a fella who won a bunch. I've got Rohan Bapana here. Yeah, this, yeah, all your recent news is going to be him. Mm. Yeah, uh, Leand- I think that's him, Leander Pass. Oh, yeah, he. I think he won won a few. 50-year-old yeah. Grand Slam singles. Grand- yeah, here we go. Grand Slam doubles. Uh, champion Oz Open 2012, French Open 99, 01, 09, Wimbledon 99, go, US you. Open 06, 09, 2013. He also might have won something at the Olympics in 96 Olympics. Yeah, I think that's where mind, my mind is yeah. is, uh, yeah. is pricking up there. But, yeah, not, not, heaps, not, uh, not heaps of Indian uh, uh, tennis um, uh, champs. So, so good on you, uh, um, Rohan Bapana, uh, for finally getting it done at, at the age of 43. Yep. Uh, Some footy? Yeah, just, run through just, it. just a little bit of off-season stuff. Uh, Adam Reynolds looked like he'd done his ankle yeah, at, uh, at Red Hill bad, there, but I think, role, but think he's, he's all, all right. Good. And then I saw some Lions players training uh, yeah. during the week, so the Brisbane boys getting together. They're so. looking in good shape, bro. Yeah, some of those Lions boys. Corey mm-hmm. O's looking pretty good. Mm-hmm. Wow, we A few pipes getting around up yep. there in Brisbane. In Brizzy. Um, Ruben Cotter, Tom Dearden announced his captains. co-captains yep. for, for the boys. So a bit of yeah, future planning there and sticking in Queensland. Ezra Mann looked reported to looking to commit long-term to the Broncos. So expect a contract um, announcement uh, shortly for him as well. Uh, and then if we go New South Wales, uh, Penrith Stadium's getting a redevelopment out there. So they're going to, uh, I think, put two grandstands on either side with um, a hill area on the end, looking to improve essentially the, the capacity and then also the capability there. So increase to 25,000, which still have that suburban feel, but uh, – Make it more of a, a complete stadium. I did say there was a lot of emphasis on we're going to keep the hill, hill you know, yeah, yeah. we're going to keep the 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 grit and the and the grassroots mm-hmm. about about the the stadium at the foot of the mountains, but also increase the capacity, and that's probably just a, a supply and demand kind of thing. They've been selling out nearly all their games oh, uh, yeah. through Penrith's. Uh, dominance. Yeah, dominance over the last few years, so it makes sense to add mm-hmm. a few seats there. They're going to uh, – so no changes to make, to be made this season. Then end of the year it will be closed. Mm-hmm. I'll do the refurb and it should be good for 2026. Yeah, so 2025 season they'll be playing elsewhere. Yeah, I, th- I don't know if that's the go or if they'll run at half capacity. Ooh, interesting. Anyways, uh, good news there for, for Penny Panthers fans. Yeah, and the final. Well, there's a couple 
Uh, the rule change we mentioned last week, um, there's uh, some tinfoil hats came out during the week that I saw that maybe pushing more short of kickoffs will uh, eliminate more of the big collisions from the runbacks. You know, have they gone the way of the NFL and trying to uh, sneak in a way to limit uh, potential concussions? So I thought that was an interesting take. I was like, yeah, I've, I I can see it. And maybe the numbers will decrease slightly. Yeah, but but uh, uh, I've, time will tell if we get predominantly short kickoffs going forward, maybe mm. they've successfully snuck this in, but uh, we won't. I don't think we'll see that to start the season. Bit of uh, NRL rugby, uh, league. <laughs> rugby league kind of gear with uh, a few players struggling with visas and whatnot, trying, yeah, to, trying to get into America. From all, all I can understand, for the the, the Vegas um, spectacle, as it will, uh, the four clubs going over there are struggling with. Training facilities, um, accommodation, medical facilities and the like. Uh, but the big one was uh, getting into the countries, whether it's visas or, you know, temp passes, et cetera, to get in for the time. Um, it seems like US Customs uh, not real keen on allowing um, rugby league players in, uh, you know, that have prior records, have been arrested. Uh, and a number of those come to mind, like Latrell Hass and uh, Reese Walsh, et cetera. A few of these guys have priors and records. Um you know, there's a lot going on in that country. Maybe they're sneaking through Texas at the moment. So. Yeah, I was going to say, well, they could join the millions of illegals that go through that southern border or maybe they could worry about their president having dementia or their next president already being a criminal. So. Yeah, no politics. No yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. This is a sports, sports podcast. Yeah. Uh, but a bit of shit, bit of typical rugby league with a couple of weeks to go. And and how much it, how much of it is just media blow up and yeah. And the rest of it, I, exactly. I don't think there'll there's, be. There's probably a bit of smoke for this one. Like, uh, yeah, guys have got criminal records that, uh, that are trying to get in. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't blow up into a, a big shit show where, like I just said, three of the biggest stars can't get into the country, and um, you know the reserve grade sides are playing in Las Vegas. Reserve grades, man. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But you know, you know, backups essentially replacing the stars going in. I did see something interesting. You know how they did that big. Um, Promotion spree before Christmas. We're sending all the guys over there. Yep. Uh, in total, they sold a thousand more tickets to this game. Mm. So I think they're at like 21, 22,000 tickets sold at the moment. So mm. I think which it's isn't bad. Which isn't bad, but, but that's in that the state's 65, maybe a bit more. Mm. So yeah, it's, yeah, you know, it's not going to be as bad as what the Gabba was today, but it, it's, uh, um, you know, won't be the best viewing potentially uh, for that one. Just over to the AFL, uh, unfortunately, Jack Silvani did his ACL mm. during the week. That's the third uh, AFL player that's done an ACL. and They're all pretty high-profile names uh, with Bailey Smith and Dan McStay doing them before Christmas. So uh, wishing Jack all the best. Obviously, as a Carlton fan, uh, mm. it's, a, it's a name synonymous with a Carlton football club. Mm. Uh, you never like to see anyone do an ACL uh, any time of the year, but uh, in, in pre-season really stings a little bit. A little bit more, so yeah. wishing him all the best. Outside of that, not heaps of news coming out of uh, yeah. out of the AFL. Nope. Um, we'll we'll be keeping an eye on on both uh, both both close, of our our footy codes that we enjoy watching. Uh, mm. Yeah, not far till uh, till trial uh, preseason games at all. Yeah, uh, another wicket there for Hartley. He's got his five for two overs left, and they still need fifty five to win. Good little partnership there mm. between uh, between Ashwin and Barat. Yeah, Ashwin's still at the crease, but uh, he's going to have uh, a boomer that has to hang around now. Uh, this game, you'd imagine, it's going to till tomorrow unless uh, we see so some see some craziness happen in uh, in the last few uh, few minutes of the podcast, which mm. has happened before. Yep. 
Shout out to Nick Dunlap wins uh, wins PGA event uh, last week as uh, as an amateur. First time an amateur's won a PGA event in uh, a thousand years. I don't know how long, but it's a uh, it's a while. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting chat. Um, you know, it doesn't get any of the money. It would have been about yeah. two million uh, Oz, and you know, it does. Does the uh, career benefits of winning that event uh, make it worthwhile for him in yeah. terms of uh, he, he will get uh, invites uh, to, to major tournaments to major moving tournaments, yeah. forward and sponsorship and the like? Yeah. Is the exposure yeah. uh, worth winning it? But uh, keep an eye on the name, Nick Dunlap, mm-hmm. uh, University of Alabama, I believe, a pretty handy golfer. And then, uh, yeah, another weird sort of uh, um, – a uh, bit of news coming out of the Gulf with uh, Matthew Pavon winning the Farmers Insurance there at Torrey Pines, first Frenchman to win uh, a golf event since World War Two. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so maybe keep an eye on him. I've never heard of either of Dunlap or Pavon, uh, so it's kind of strange in a, in a week of golf to have two un- unknowns winning winning tournaments. Um, Hideki's Matsuyama had an ace uh, there on day three, I think, of of Torrey Pines. So uh, that's good viewing there. Yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers had a hole in one during. As well, yeah, it was Costa Socials. He's him, Achilles yeah. is fine. Yeah, it looks fine, looks fine. Uh, F1 bit of news. If we run through some quick news, uh, Jimmy would have loved some of this. Um, so Spain's actually moving from Barcelona. Well, the report they've added Madrid, mm-hmm. which is going to be a street circuit, I believe. Um, does that mean Barcelona loses, loses Grand Prix? Yeah, which would lose. So I don't think that's for this season, I think it's for the following season because usually they start in Barcelona, like they do all their testing in uh, Barcelona because uh-huh. a few of the teams are located sort of in Spain or close enough to Spain to be able to do testing there. Um, so, yeah, it looks like they're, they're either adding or changing the calendar. Um, uh, you know, some of the purists don't love street circuit races. Um, I kind of – it adds a bit of variable, you know, to the potential for the cars and, you know, because it's not super smooth and it adds a l- little bit of challenges to it. So I don't mind that. Um, other circuit news, uh, the eagle-eyed viewers have found uh, F1's been trademarking a whole bunch of Chicago-related Grand Prix things, which is quite interesting because NASCAR did their first street course event last year, mm. which was in Chicago. So whether they use a very similar sort of layout and design. American that, market, man. That yeah. seems to be the way the yeah. F1's going. Because I think IndyCar then followed NASCAR a couple of weeks later and did that same circuit. So it's kind of shown to be like a, a pretty good circuit. Um, I'm not sure if Chicago is the kind of – it's not the Vegas town that F1 uh, usually associates with, but it would be interesting. But like you say, the American market is huge. Um then what else we have? Lando and Leclerc also extended their deals and then we've had the worst team name in F1, potentially in history, with the Visa Cash App RB F1 team. Uh, which so, Run me through this because this is a fucking mouthful. This yeah, because we, 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 we had, what was it, Stake F1 Kick Team I think was the other one and was like, well, that was bad. And then... Which was AlphaTauri, Toro Rosso, the secondary Red Bull team, which is the RB version of this. Um, so Visa uh, have, you know, they have ponied up the money to pay for the team name to be the Visa Cash App to, you know, promote their cash app essentially and that's what the name of the team is. And it's probably the grossest thing it's I've disgusting. ever seen. Can you, can you imagine the, uh, uh, let's go, Saint. Illawarra Visa Cash App <laughs> um, Dragons, <laughs> like it's 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 it, it's gross. Why would like just v, like Team Visa or uh, I don't know? Visa. I, I think we talked about American market, young market, predominantly young market. They're targeting 
Cash App is, you know, less of their, you know, credit cards, et cetera, more of their, their technology, again, focused at more of a smaller demographic, younger demographic, sorry. Um, so you know, that's what they kind of take. And the same with the stake and the, the kick team because stake's a gambling thing and kick's more of a streaming thing. So, again, um, you know, men our age and younger is the, the demographic they're targeting and they obviously think buying team names is the way to do it. So, I guess so team- by that logic, and if they're after a you know the young audience, they should be the Visa Cash App Taylor Swift vaping uh, climate change <laughs> activists uh, app. Uh, don't, don't 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 allow them; they'll get there. So, <laughs> uh, you know, these guys don't have stadium naming rights, so they're selling the naming rights to their racing teams essentially. So, uh, yeah, it's, that's that's a stinker. Yeah, it that's is very much. I think my my team name was maybe <laughs> maybe slightly better. Shout out to the Swifties and Vapors it's, out there. Yes, yes. So uh, it's it's a bit gross, but again, F one uh, will start in March. I think it's the first race from from yeah, uh, ba- memory. Bahrain, second of March. There you go. So um, again, starts about the same time as the Aussie Football Leagues, and another long season, twenty four races. On the cards, um, so yeah, almost every fortnight for the rest of the year will be F1. That'll do us here on the Esky. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we'll see you next weekend. Uh, we might have the weekend Depends. off, no test cricket, uh, and just Pro Bowl in the NFL. Oh. Um, Asian Cup will certainly be heating mm-hmm. up. We'll see how that plays out. India and England going uh, at it here uh, in the last over of the day. Uh, have to see what, what the news is with Julius Randall's shoulder and mm-hmm. how the New York Knicks season is going to play out. Uh, plus uh, the men's tennis. Have we got a uh, it's score on, in it's the on, fourth set? Yeah, on serve at the moment. So Medvedev's down but he's serving and he's going to most likely win his point based on that score. Um, so it's it's going towards 3-3 in the fourth there. There it is, 3-3 in the fourth. Ravi Ashton's just been stumped. It uh, looks oh, like India are going to lose in India. Uh, that could happen tonight. Going to watch the end of that. Going to catch the tennis. Thank you to those mm-hmm. that have joined in the uh, in the chat. Thank, Thank you for you. a couple of donations. Calling us good-looking roosters doesn't happen either very often. Yeah, very here. rarely. On the Esky, we'll see you in two weeks. Enjoy all the sport upcoming uh, and stay safe and enjoy uh, your sporting consumption over the next couple of weeks. Uh, We'll see you then. We may be a three-man panel. Uh, Until then, take care. Bye-bye. Bye.